Oak. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 22nd of March 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. And Robert Kemp. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not ill. (laughs) Despite what that might have sounded like. <laughs> you sound well, very enthused to not be ill. It was annoying. It was really, it was like, what, to get better? Or No, to be ill in that specific way, where I'd been ill for like two weeks before the last time we were on a podcast, and then got better pretty much immediately afterwards. But it was like, it was a really annoying illness where it's like, I know there's something wrong, but it's not actually doing anything actual, like, illness related. It's just making me feel kind of shitty. I hate that. I get that quite a lot. You just have a day where you're not, you're not 100%, but you can't really define it. Like this I tried was a two-week period. <laughs> yeah, this was a two-week. Yeah. It's like Actually, I could tell there was something going on, and I was like, well, obviously I'm fighting it, because I'm clearly getting better now. <laughs> I just have random days of it. Like, I had one the other day that I tried to explain to Gnome, and maybe maybe you guys will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe it's when, a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I said, I felt... I, I described it as being cloudy. <laughs> Like, there was a weight in my head. Okay. But that yeah. was it. It was, it, was, it was strange. That was it. It's not like I was tired. It's not like I was particularly out of energy or anything. It was just heavy head, I suppose. <laughs> but was it like, was in in your, like a headache, like in your mind? Or was it like you literally had a heavy head? <laughs> like <you couldn't laughs> well, that's the question, yeah. <laughs> if I put my head on the scales... Would it have grown? Hmm. I don't think it's possible. Unless you had some kind of ultra-dense gas somehow inside your head. <laughs> yeah, or I swallowed a gobstopper that launched itself in a tooth or something, I don't know. Some ultra-heavy bit of mass that's in my jaw. Like gobstoppers. <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> dense. Yeah. The densest. <laughs> I ate nut log. Yeah, that'll do it. That will increase the mass of your head. Everyone knows that. Or any part of you. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel like you needed some kind of apparatus like the equivalent of the bloaty head device to um, remove the cloudiness? (laughs) And a nice nice popping. Be a vacuum, surely, though. In that case, it'd be like, and it'd just suck all the cloud out into like a tank in a female hostel style. Is there any kind of like pressure or humidity thing you could subject me to? Like some kind of barometric chamber that will just let the clouds like come out of my face? Go climb up a hill. Yeah. So that might work, yeah. Are you sure you weren't on a hill when it was a bit misty and some <laughs> cloud had ended up in your head? I was driving down Bromford Road. <laughs> <laughs> That, the, the incredible heights. Maybe it was a cloud of fumes from some chemical plant or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm just getting old man screen blindness. No, walking down the street in, in streets in London, like waiting for a bus or whatever. I'm not surprised. Sometimes you see on the news that like the diesel fume rating of streets in London is way over the like EU mandated law and it oh, definitely sure. is it's horrible like that has to be true, literally yeah. can't breathe well not literally can't breathe <laughs> but you can't breathe very nice you can breathe shit well, yeah you could you could literally breathe shit um on some of these streets so <laughs> also may not be true <laughs> there was something where it's like going on the tube is like two cigarettes or something i'm not sure if that's true because otherwise there'd be a lot more outcry but still i reckon someone's done that like create some kind of shit. Shit vapor. 
done what? They've done what? <laughs> you, <laughs> you mean, you mean someone... aside from what naturally comes out of people's butts? Yeah, <laughs> like, like someone's... You mean deliberate shit paper, not natural shit paper. Yeah, you know how you get like those uh, like air freshener cans? <laughs> so in case you want to make somewhere, somewhere stink really badly. Some, something, someone's the opposite just, of an someone's air just vaporised a turd. <laughs> what, as like a joke shop thing or as like... <laughs> just in, no, yeah, just in general, like, <laughs> and, and, but no, not even like no. I don't mean like something that smells a bit like turd. I mean it's just taking a turd and turned it to gas. <laughs> no, okay, no, no idea. You could vaporize okay. anything, couldn't you? You could probably blend it, like with one of those blend tech. Will it blend? Whatever. You probably I get would some vaporize smoke. it though. No, you actually need to heat you... it up. <laughs> yeah, would there be a turd smoke? <laughs> <laughs> don't breathe this. But you might burn it. Oh, how do you vaporize it? <laughs> What's the process, Zach? Chemical engineer, Zach. How do they like turn anything into those sprays? Like, do they just need to find some kind of liquid form, and then in it's like in it's... what sprays? What sort of sprays yeah. are we talking about? Like an aerosol sprays. Yeah. Well, they're all they're all because they're just like fragrances and stuff. They're not actually vapor. They're just a really di- dispersed liquid that happens to have scent in it. But it isn't. <laughs> I thought that was a vapor. Not strictly speaking, it's like okay. vapor is to do with evaporation, isn't it? Right. Probably everything you spray out. Well, at, uh, some of the things you spray out of aerosols probably have like a lower boiling point than room temperature. I would imagine to help them disperse. Maybe alcohol yeah. based and that kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> but not everything. Probably a lot of it is just finely dispersed enough liquid. Do you just take like volcanic diarrhea, put it in whatever the substance is that volcanic is <laughs> specific <laughs> kind? Oh yeah, it has to be, it has to be the runniest. <laughs> Why? I, where did this come from? Where? What are you planning to do with this vaporized? <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking like when we were talking about it's breathing. It's just going to smell like. I suddenly just start though. thinking, is this useful? possible? It's not going to be useful for anything. It'll just smell like someone's, um, you know, had to had a curry or something. Well, if you don't want like guests to use a particular bathroom, you can, <laughs> you can, yeah, you could spray you could spray the odor. Yeah, but then you're not going to want there. to use that bathroom either. What is it? Because you don't want to have to clean it later or something. Or... Yeah, exactly. It's like you're limiting limiting the damage. <laughs> I see. So you make all the bathrooms except one smell of poop, and then that one will smell of poop. Surely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. He just locked the doors on all the other bathrooms. You don't. Well, too you obvious. Them from the inside, like unless you well, have quite a lot of unless you're... bathroom doors, you can twist them from the outside as well. It's true, but unless, unless you actually hire people to stand inside the bathrooms the whole time, just with the door locked, <laughs> it'd probably be well confusing if you did lock them from the outside. <laughs> yeah. It's like who the fuck is in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everyone that you were expecting to come has has arrived, and you're like, yeah. And who the fuck is in toilet number two? Because <laughs> that's how I refer to my various bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, obviously. What's the deal with toilet cubicles, anyway? <laughs> like, why do they have that hole at the bottom and at the top? Or whatever. Why can't they just go floor to ceiling? Like yeah, a room? Yeah, it's probably... It saves them having to put a vent in, um, in above every, every one. So it's like just cheapness. Ventilate the whole room. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I have a disgusting bit of random that I probably can't discuss on air. Well, good. Yeah. Let's so not no. discuss that. <laughs> oh, I'll just keep that one to myself. We can just, make, was good. <laughs> we can just make a sudden hard transition to my random story of the week. Bosh. 
Yeah. He hyped me up on this. I I had like a trailer. Well, I told Rob that it was an epically long, ridiculous story about dumb things that I was doing with my computer. And it is. That's all true. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a dramatically twisting story as like random new thoughts entered my head. And I was like, oh yeah, I should probably do that. Oh yeah, I should probably do that. (laughs) Dramatic in your head. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it was, a, it was with, a roller coaster, except if someone had been watching it happen, it would have been just like somebody clicking some things. Which form of epic music was playing? <laughs> you know, in your head. Yeah, exactly. Well, that epic. I don't know about epic. <laughs> was it banjo? <laughs> <laughs> That's not very epic. <laughs> For some reason, I've it's got War of the Worlds in my War head. War of the World. <laughs> yeah. So it all started eight, like a month ago, probably more than that, when we got new internet. Like oh, yeah. fi- fancy fiber internet, and it's ridiculously fast. If you're plugged directly into it, <laughs> yeah. Cool. If like me, you're on wireless. Well, so the first thing was I knew that my shitty, incredibly old wireless card was going to be a major bottleneck. So I was like, okay, I need to get a new one of those because <laughs> I still wanted to go wireless. So having considered once again the prospect of just getting a really long running cable. a cable, which I still think you should do. Yeah, well, I still think so too. Have you ever considered those power line adapter things? Yeah, that as well. But I, I was looking at the wireless cards because I was like, I haven't looked at these for, I don't know, nine years or something. So, so let's see what they're like and how cheap they are now. Super cheap. Yes. So I was looking at them and I was like, well, I can get one that does like N and five gigahertz for like 30 quid. So I was just like, fuck it. Yeah, it's a bargain. <laughs> so I got that. When, when, didn't, didn't consider an AC? They don't really do ACs very easily at the moment, still, okay. even. I've seen one of the chips. doesn't go up to AC, so oh, sure. yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. be future proofing. Yeah. I've seen one of basic chips that don't have like antennas out the back that, that are re- relatively inexpensive. But So I got a hold of that, and that led into the first part of this annoying story where my internet was still shitty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, basically, so I got this new thing, and it gets. At maximum, it gets up to like half of the actual speed that you can theoretically get if you're plugged directly in, like the Mac downstairs. Right. So and I'm like, well, that's fucking fine, I guess. Like, like 30 megs yeah, or that's, whatever. That's all right. Yeah. It's like, that's fine. But then so I noticed bytes per second, yeah. not bits, Mega, is it? No, that'll be bits. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, really? I thought you like could get five like megabytes or whatever. Yeah. Well, the th- I think yeah. the theoretical maximum of Wi Fi is like 50 something. Yeah. And you can only really, really hope to get half of that because, it's because of the way. Spirit. Yeah, because it's by direct. Up and down. Yeah, exactly. What's but the yeah, maximum getting... due to the frequency range and the yeah, and the modulation it uses the, for the Wi Fi standard? Okay. Well, the difference between like the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz band has nothing to do with oh, yeah. right. so it's Well, the first thing I did was put myself onto 5 gigs, which was more awkward than I thought, because it's like the card and the router both have the capability to do both simultaneously, apparently, except if you have them, have them set to automatic, it always picks 2, two gigahertz. Right. Even though there's a five gigahertz channel on both ends, and it can both see it, and it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So in the end, I had to like set the router to have a separate ID for the five gigahertz channel. Oh wow! You and then connect that. to that. You can do that on yours on the on the new ones. On the new yeah, apparently. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, well, fuck it. I guess that works. <laughs> I'll be the only one connected to that. But what the hell? And also, I was when I looked at my wireless 
scanning thing, I was like, oh, I am the only five can hurt single that like, it can see. So every other of these like eleven fucking home hubs I can see from my room <laughs> is not new enough for that, yeah. <laughs> or just has it turned off. Well, that means you should be like interference free. You think so? Yeah. But then comes the second part of the annoying story. <laughs> oh, so I noticed my internet was like great and then got shitty and then I realised it was still doing the same fucking problem that I had with the previous one what, where... so it was reverting to a 2 gig channel no it was doing the thing where for some for some reason my graphics card puts out an insane amount of interference even on 5 gigahertz oh, it was God. doing it on the 2.4 and then I was hoping that the 5 would like avoid it but apparently not it covers the whole fucking range <laughs> God and I have no idea what how that is possible or <laughs> what, what is even doing that <laughs> And it's like, it's like, I was thinking maybe it was actually on the motherboard or something, but then I realised that it can't be because it's like, you can literally move the aerials closer and further away to the graphics card while it's under load and you can see it affect the download speed. Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) That's, that's, that's fucked up. So yeah, so that still sucks. And then I, when I was fucking around jiggling with like changing channels and stuff to try and avoid it, I discovered the even more annoying fact that like, the channel that the like, you know, it's signal uh, channel is like the range of gigahertz or whatever the area of the signal it's putting it through. But like the channel that has the least interference from the graphics card mm. is also the one that's slowest normally. <laughs> right. right. So it's like I can either have really fast internet while I'm not using the graphics card, or internet that's more stable when I am using the graphics card, but it's slower. <laughs> oh man, that's a pain. So yeah, it still gets like 15 megabits so even did, under the interference. So I was I'm, like, well, okay. <laughs> That's still like three times as fast as it used to be. Sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming at this point, like it's, you haven't tried moving the slots about. Well, they're literally as far apart as they can be in my case. Oh, really? And that's still an issue? Yeah. Wow. Because it's on the aerials. It's like out the back. Like yeah. I say, if you put the aerials further or closer, you can get, see it change. Huh. That's fascinating. That's really weird. Yeah, it's super annoying. So it must be the graphics card. I was always wondering whether it was the wireless card well, that had a problem. Yeah, it must be. There must be something about the yeah, just some the electromagnetic radiation that it puts out when it's going going batshit. It's like I need to put a Faraday cage around the graphics card. Yeah, <laughs> just, just close it in. I mean, maybe you could get a booster. You know, the third way is to get like one of those booster boxes that are quite dumb. Oh, they just a switch that's wireless, and then you could plug in via Ethernet, and then you could put that thing anywhere in your room or even in the next room. Sure, like like the Apple AirPods that I used to use. Yeah, but I don't think it's a signal strength problem. I think it's just like an actual interference problem. Yeah, but you could still move like the, signal, the source. The signal strength doesn't go down when the interference goes up. It's like no. it doesn't have problems connecting. But you're not going to get interference if you plug in Ethernet, right? So... No, obviously. So well, if you could... Unless it's really bad, I guess. If you can get through the cable shielding, that would be really terrible. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that happening with graphics cards. Because I was, I was kind of... At one point when I was looking at the various cards, the wireless cards to buy, I was looking at one which had the antennas on a separate, like, band with a cable. Oh, that would be cool. And I was like... Damn, I wish I had bought that now, because then I could maybe have put it further away, and maybe that would have helped. You could have tested, yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends, unless the radiation would permeate the cable to the antennas. Yeah. Or, what, like, if the ca- if it uh, would have penetrated the cable where it plugs into the case, that wouldn't have helped. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's annoying, but at least my internet is, on average, a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. I still messed up. Well, I guess the next plan is get a, yeah get one of those 30-quid pair of 
power lines and see what see what happens. Yeah, actually, just plug it into a wire. Mm. I still but think that was that. you just need to get you and your dad need to run the Cat Six cable through the wall, like and put in like yeah, a nice looking. Socket. I kept thinking, <laughs> thinking about that, and it's like it's as easy as that theoretically is in our old ass house. It's probably not actually that easy running mm. through because it's a. I guess you don't know where the beams might be. Well, yeah, there's beams and like the, the wall is like plaster on wood slats in some rooms. You just yeah, need to yeah. run it through like... where the where the where the power and the, the 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 for the lights and stuff in. You know, just switch all the power. Yeah. Off well, the, also the, the other problem with our house is the, the all the electric systems in our house are well dodgy, <laughs> regardless of what it's attached to. What was right. that one you were telling me about the other day with the lights or something in certain rooms? All like a bit funny. Well, the lighting circuits have always been dodgy in places, but the one that happened most recently was the front door outside light. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. Was it was fine for ages and then suddenly for some reason it had it so that when you hit the out light when you hit the light switch for the front door outside light, it short circuited the power upstairs. <laughs> like the actual sockets, not even the lights. <laughs> so it just blew out the power, like the the breakers or whatever. Oh, so bad. So your and PC it, would shut down the moment yeah. someone turned on the light. Okay. So it was like, oh, okay, we can't use that. So then when we actually got an electrician to come and look at it, he looked, took it at, took it apart at the plug and looked at it. It was like, well, I have no idea how to fucking fix that. So he just installed a new plug in an entirely different attached to like an entirely different part of the circuit, and that one's been fine. Except he wired the switches up the wrong way around, so the switch that's further away from the door turns on the outside light, and the switch that's closer turns on the inside light. Oh, but that's that's something you guys could do yourself theoretically. Yeah. But fuck, fucking around with these electrics at this point, I mean, you just turn off your power. <laughs> that would be good. I, even I would probably be up for doing that. But yeah, so that was dumb and ridiculous. That's the problem with the old ass house. And also, I was thinking about like the actual wall that you'd be running that cable through. I'm not sure what sort of wall that is because technically our house is like half an extension onto the original line of houses. But I think it's only half of the half of our house is actually an extension. It's like it's weird. Hmm. That's why there's that huge step up into our front room because everything to the left of that side of the house is like an oh, extension. Sure. Oh wow! Okay. So I, I never realised it was split that way. Yeah, it's a double extension. It was, right? it was probably you live, you live in an extension point. on an extension, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm in like the most modern part of us. <laughs> the double extension. <laughs> so anyway, the bit, the bit with the flattest floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it's not wood floor. Wait, I, I'm sure it is made of some kind of wood. It's not actual planks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there was that. So after I was fucking around with that. This led. This was the dramatic change in direction that I ha- where I had a thought and decided to do something else. Was I was while I was fucking around with that, Avast had popped up a notice in the, in my taskbar that said it needs to update, and I was like, I've always wondered whether Avast was hitting up my internet in any way. So while I'm thinking around it, why not get rid of it and put Windows Defender, uh, Windows Live Essentials, essentials whatever Windows Security instead. Essentials? Yeah. So I did that and. Naturally, that didn't change anything. So that was at least one part of this story that went well. <laughs> no, but at least you got rid. Of, I used to, I used to like Avast, but it became annoying after a while. So at least you got rid of that to the like zero problem security essentials, where it's just like it's nice and quiet. It doesn't have a little icon that constantly jiggles yeah. to tell you it's doing things. It's true. So the that a was, doesn't rotate. That was that part of the procedure. But then that reminded me 
<laughs> this is where it gets dumb because this, this was like a thought that was dragged up from a year and like years ago and then i was like oh yeah that reminded me that i had never installed windows 7 service pack one really well because i a, a long time in the past in like the xp age i became distrustful of service packs after hearing many horror <laughs> horror stories about how they fu- how they can fuck up your computer initially and yeah. then they like get fixed yeah so, so I never installed service packs as soon as they came up. I was like, I'll wait a month or two just mm. to make sure. Service pack one was good though, like so, win- Windows 7 one. So I'd done that for 7, but I'd also hidden the update. So I, that's why I hadn't remembered up to this point. Oh, of course, because you marked it as hidden <laughs> because that stops it from automatically trying. Yeah, and that stops it from showing in the list. Yeah. So, so whilst I was installing security essentials, I was like, oh yeah, service pack one. I can probably do that while I'm doing things with my computer, I guess. <laughs> So I started doing that, but then I realized that I had no fucking hard disk space left on my goddamn Windows 7 partition, because Windows 7 takes up a ludicrous amount of space, and yeah. shit insists on putting more data on that drive, even though it should only be the fucking operating system, goddammit. Yeah, that's really annoying. I wish the OS had more affordances to allow you to force data from everything onto some other drive. You know, there should be like a built-in well, thing was- where like... They say like, okay, of... this is the fast drive. This is where I want to put. It should be an OS level thing rather than yeah. Like... They've been very slowly improving that since the arrival of SSDs, but it's still not great. Well, that was what the, the next stage of this plan was. So I was looking at that. I was lo- looked in my C drive and was like, where can I save any space at all? Because apparently, I'm probably going to need at least a gig and a half to install Service One. Because it's because even though it says like a hundred meg download in update, I was watching the hardest space. It's just like whoop, filled it straight up. <laughs> it's obviously copying and backing up and moving shit in the background. Yeah. It's not just the hundred megs it downloads. So I was trying to deal with that. So I went and looked in, I looked around on my C drive, and I was like, "What the fuck is in here that's taking up all this space?" And of course, the one place that is always super annoying for this situation is like the users folder because games and shit will put stuff in there. Because it's related, because it's tied to your login for Windows, and it wants to partition it off to users, right. which makes sense from a, like a why you would do it theory, but it's really annoying from a fill up your goddamn C drive with shit theory. <laughs> and obviously, the biggest, biggest like criminal in that respect was fucking Eve. I went in there and looked at the Eve like cache folder, and it's like an entire fucking gig. <laughs> <laughs> So I, just in Windows. So I went and looked up, went looking around for ways to solve that. Like, can you move the cache in Eve if you know you're not going to use multiple logins or something? Mm. Which you'd think might more logically, logically make sense, but that's not the case. But I did find a potentially really useful tool to solve this problem that lets you make proper junctions in inside Windows. Oh, yeah. Uh, Right, okay, yeah, that stuff. So it's just like, oh, I can just junction that and move the actual file somewhere else. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. <laughs> well, it's, it's, not, a... it's, it's not quite as hardcore as the Unix junctioning, but uh, it's not too bad, actually. You can do no. some quite good No, stuff. but I just... You it, could just do it with an elevated... It should just like, be a default thing prompt, that you should be able to do. Well, you What's can that? do it with just... You can just... If you run the, your CMD in administrator mode... Oh, yeah, you can do them it. Up pretty it is, this program I have is basically just a batch file a running for that, command right, line yeah. things. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's but not you must have to give it permissions, right? Um, yeah, give yeah, it yeah. like privileges in order to do it. So I think you need to be an administrator. Oh sure, oh, you yeah, naturally. <laughs> you yes. need to be an administrator for fucking everything, technically. Yeah. Oh no, I can't remember. There was something because when I was at UBS, you couldn't get admin privileges, or you could get it, but you had to go through this whole 
process and you they they give it to you for a limited time or something but i never managed to get through the process but there was something mm. i could do with it's a standard command prompt um that that, that gave me something similar because it was useful because because there's like i um because on the unix based thing i use this this npm link is really useful when you're doing when you're developing like node packages uh but it just straight up didn't work because it couldn't create the junctioning or whatever because it didn't have the permissions and i thought oh, God, damn it. i managed to find a way to do it so yeah it's useful yeah and it's like it's kind of weird because it's like obviously the functionality already exists in windows 7 because they use it for like your my documents folder because that is all junction then you can just put it wherever <laughs> yeah. yeah the libraries feature which never yeah. which i thought was a great idea and never quite works the way i expect um, yeah so- libraries is awesome but they're sort of backtracking on that now <laughs> like since windows 8 i think they've changed how that acts. that's a shame because it's a cool idea i think i prefer how it this, I, I can't remember exactly how they've changed it but i remember thinking when i read it it's like oh I kind of liked what they. I kind of. I kind of liked what they were doing. Yeah, me too. The idea of it. So I shifted the Eve cache off the C drive, and that freed up like an an extra gig. And then I was like, okay, now I can install fucking Service Pack One. Did that, and then of course when Service Pack One updates, a hundred more updates appear. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I was like, I'm going to need more than a gig apparently, (laughs) because another five hundred megs of download has just appeared. So then I was like, well, now I'm totally fucked because I've installed Service Pack 1, but now I have to install these other things so I can even do them incredibly slowly, like three or four at a time, and just keep hoping that it leaves enough free space after it's done. Or I'm going to need to sort this out in a more serious way. Mm, which isn't easy. Which isn't easy. So the first thing that I did to solve this problem, which was an incredibly lucky coincidence of something I did at, like when I originally got this PC, which was dumb and has only just now conveniently paid off, the second partition after my Windows install partition was what was going to be my XP install partition. But I oh, never right. did that. So it's okay. just empty, and all it has on there is the page file. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved the page file off there, delete that partition, split the space so 20 gigs onto my onto my Windows 7 install and reinstate the other 20 gigs as my now page file partition. <laughs> Put the page file back in there. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because I didn't want to get rid of that space entirely into one partition. I don't know. <laughs> I liked having the page file separate. It's useful. Keep an eye on it. Oh, wait, so it's your page file for Windows 7? Yeah. Oh, for, for a second there, I thought for some reason that was the page file for the, for the XP build that you never got around to doing. No. So, yeah, that was just my page partition. <laughs> but that's, so I got that extra 20 gigs on the, on the C drive, and I was like, well, now I can install all these updates. But also, as it turned out, after I'd started reading all the what like some of the information about Service Pack One, one of the things it added was the ability to clean up old updates from, from Windows Update, like all the backups and yeah, shit that it yeah, automatically yeah. made. Yeah, vitally important. Yeah. So we'll naturally, I did that, and it deleted six gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> if only I'd had this installed from the start, all of this problem would have been solved. In fairness, now you're, pro- you're like, it was probably wise anyway to give Windows a bit more room. Well, yeah, I know. It's like, that was when I originally got that PC and I was reading about Windows 7 because this was like the first computer I'd ever had with Windows 7 because it, pre- it was pretty new at the time. Mm. And I was reading around like the Windows 7 forums. It's like, how much partition space do you have to use to make well, a Windows 7 Well, that's the thing, partition? isn't it? It's like you can not you can never really judge by those anymore because everything's a moving target. Well, yeah. And, but then when like, so people were saying then, they were saying like, oh, you need 30 gigs. And I was like, 
that seems ridiculous, but okay. But so I made my C partition 40 gigs and it's okay. still 10 gigs more than they fucking said at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's practically full. So it's I have like a 64 gig SSD, right? Which is, was expensive at the time. Now mm. I could probably get, well, I could probably get a 256 or 512 gig one for less than I bought this one from. Um, and uh, it's not really enough. It's, it's borderline. I mean, I can't use the the or the system restore feature pretty much because, despite the fact I have acres of space on my two terabyte hard disk or whatever, it won't let you. But probably with good reason. The, yeah, yeah, on the non boot disk. Drive. Which yeah. I thought this is ridiculous, and then I I looked into it. I was like, oh, actually, no, that probably does make sense. In a um, weird way, given the timing of when I built ice i lucked out on this one because it's like ssds were so expensive at the time yeah. i built it and it's just like well fuck this shit and got two one terabyte drives and it's been easy yeah <laughs> it's, it's been easy. it's not been quick don't get me wrong my boot speed is appalling now but it's uh... mine is still sane really really fast I, I feel like every time i feel like it's still fast like i'm still amazed it's probably because i spent so long with old computers or whatever but it's probably normal for anyone else but i'm like okay this uh, is fast. yeah I don't know what the fuck has happened to both this machine and my work computer, which I have in, have at home. But both of the boot speeds on the on them are absolutely terrible. It's like I don't know what happened, but it, it just my you know you're talking boot- multiple minutes before they're ready, like my, my even computer. after login. It's like I think my computer's boot speed has never really got that bad. This this computer so far, it seems to be relatively stable. Yeah, I, I really don't know what does it either because it's like I've, it's cut down dramatically the number of things that actually launch, mm. but it's it just it's just still slow. I, my work machine, in fairness, I can sort of forgive because in the background I've got a full version of SQL Server booting up, mm-hmm. which probably does set quite a lot of that power when you first log in, and there's all kinds of stuff automatically starting that I know I'm going to use. Like Outlook, which takes forever to boot on its own, <laughs> you know that's that's starting. SQL Server is starting. All the um, uh, the Git tools are starting. Uh, everything fires up at once because uh, I'm going to use them all. Um, so that kind of explains it. On my work, on my on my, on my gaming machine, what OneDrive turns on? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Nvidia drivers. About it. Yeah, SSDs. Even awesome. I, I have Saluto on to try and stop shit from, um, <laughs> like running on startup. It, it lets me turn a load of stuff off easily, but it's mm. still slow. Because mm. yeah, I hear are. that well, you know Windows Eight is supposed to be even faster than Seven. Oh, Windows Eight! I mean, Windows Eight is unbelievably fast. But be. my Seven's pretty fast with the SSD. So the combination. When I what? So my plan is to. I don't know how it's going to work with this free upgrade business, but my plan is that when 10 comes out, I'll buy a decent size SSD and stick 10 yeah. on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was, I was thinking, like, like, well, next machine, I'll, you know, obviously Windows 10 will be out, and I'll just, at that point, it's probably best for me to just replace the entire computer at this point. <laughs> yes, it really is. Again, it's a bit, it's, this one's not been great. Your computer is barely holding its shit together. Yeah. Yeah, after I installed all these goddamn, I installed so I installed Service Pack One. It brought up a list with literally a hundred more updates, and I installed a lot of those. And then every subsequent boot I've done since then, at least two more updates have appeared. <laughs> like it will say updates complete, and then like five minutes later, the thing will pop up and say updates. <laughs> it's like seriously, can you not detect these ones in advance? Yeah. So yeah, that's annoying, and also. I I guess the 
first the first thing I actually did was clean my goddamn case, which was nice. Ooh, <laughs> vacuum the shit out of it. Yeah, I, I, I do that quite regularly. So given that well, you half, have heat problems. Yeah, and the fact that it's half open the whole time. <laughs> I but I vacuumed all the shit out of my case, apart from I was thinking about vacuuming my CPU heat heatsink properly. But then I remembered that my heatsink is such a fucking pain in the ass to get in and out of there. I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just run the vacuum along the grills and hope that sucks most of it out. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can, you know, compressed air that shit. That works quite well as well. To get they say to... there's a risk of, like, static discharge. Well, not discharge, yeah. but that you create static if you, like, either of those methods, to be honest. But there's no sure. better way. <laughs> and I also very nearly fucked my case up by... When I was cleaning the fans... Well, I wanted to clean the fans properly because normally I just like vaguely vacuum near them and that's like sort of okay, but they keep a lot of dust on them, like mm. really fine particle dust that sticks a lot. And, uh, you know, I'd had, I'd had a lot of case rattles because okay. like I could hear the fans starting to get dodgy. So I was like, I'm going to do this properly. So I, I started taking the case fans out so I could hold them in place while I vacuumed each individual blade properly without them spinning or without it being incredibly awkward. But I nearly fucked myself because I forgot to make sure which way round the case fans were <laughs> when I took them out and put them back in. Wait, you mean which one went where? No, or... which direction they're facing. Because I have three fans. I have like one on the front, one on the top, one on the back. And they have to blow in oh, a specific direction in order to, for it to actually properly ventilate the case. Surely they can only mount on one no, side. No, they can't. They can mount in either direction. Oh, what, your fans have like screw holes on both sides? Yes. Or... Okay. So I was like... I. I did actually put one of them in wrong, but then when I booted up my system, I noticed that the temperatures were all a lot higher than they should be, and I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> one of these isn't the wrong way around, isn't it? <laughs> and then I had to, like... I was like, how the fuck am I going to solve this problem? Because I don't actually know which order they were in originally, and you think it'd just be logical, where it's like it goes in at the front and out at the back and that kind of thing. Yeah. But the top one makes it more difficult, because I'm not sure whether that one was, was blowing in or out, and I was like, hmm. I think they, you, the tops are usually intakes as well. So I was like, hmm, I don't know. But luckily for me, very luckily, I had a single photograph of my computer and I could zoom in far enough to see which way up the top fan was by the sticker on the middle of the fan. <laughs> I was like, okay, that one's upside down. Let's just fix that. So did it end up being an intake? Or? I don't remember. I've already okay. forgotten. <laughs> Fair enough. Just remember next time to make sure you like, keep an eye on that. You know, I'm pretty sure the next machine I'm going to get is just going to, the next case I'm going to get, is just going to have two massive fans on the front of it, just so cooling can never be a fucking problem. <laughs> it's just like, it'll make it one large wind tunnel. Yeah, it's like you, your graphics card was the problem. Well, that was the first problem. The 275 started overheating because of um, poor case fan placement, so there was no airflow to the lower part of the case. Yeah. And then the second problem is, is my CPU is aging, so I needed to get a fucking massive cooler just to cool that down on its own. Um, so yeah, I've had all kinds of heat problems. Then my PC is all nice now, apart from it has like a low hum that I don't think was there before, or maybe it was. It's like the fans are not rattling or gr- you know grinding the dust or anything, but it's mm. like, this sounds different, <laughs> but not like significantly enough to be an actual worry. Maybe they're spinning faster. <laughs> yeah, maybe. How do you guys feel about the Windows 10 update? Like, are you going to do it? Like, on your machine? Like, <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. My computer's old enough, by even by now, that I, like, I would want to update an operating system over an old one on it. <laughs> I think I'll... That's what I mean. 
I'll get I ten. Know. But like I like I say, I have this. I probably can't just install it on this SSD. I'll probably have to get a new SSD, and then it'll be a well, lot more of a palaver. If I had, if well, I already yeah, had a decent also size the, one, isn't there also the problem that you can only get the update install of Windows ten for free if you're going to install it on a new machine? You're going to cut to cut to spend. Well, yeah, I mean. I mean, I might have to try, you know, I'll research it, but I might have to try, you know, installing my existing 7 onto a new SSD and then upgrading from there, you know? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could work. Because I won't be running both at the same time, so it should be fine. It's not like I'm reusing the license key. No, that's true. Because I can chuck my old install without losing any data or anything. Because I'll I'll probably find myself in the normal annoying situation, whereas I'll have... Which which happened to me last time I upgraded. Well, I'll have the old machine around for a bit because I can't be bothered to move my music environment. <laughs> yes. It's such yeah. a pain in the ass. Yeah, and actually, I, I don't in fairness, there's anything, nothing really. wrong with this machine for music. It's not like a. It's not like the last one where like music technology moved along far enough where the C, the CPU couldn't keep up. This one still keeps up just fine mm. with that stuff. It's an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> Windows 10. That's, it should be more efficient, right? Rather than like that's what that's everything that they say about these like that's eight what they and always 10. say about everything. In fairness, they, they, they were sort they was as in like it should use less power to run normally. Yeah, in theory, yeah, because they're trying to get it because that run was on, true of eight because it should run fully on on like tablets and things. So I guess that's what, yeah they want to extend the battery life of their tablet. You know, you, you want really you want something running Windows eight Windows 10 to have comparable kind of battery life to an iOS device which is pretty extreme yeah so I guess that's what they're going for yeah I mean it was true they, you know they definitely made improvements to 8 so so it is a lot more I mean not just in terms of power consumption but I mean in terms of CPU cycles needed to do things yeah like they uh, they definitely improved a lot there I'm kind of hoping they'll do the same thing again but you know who knows I don't know I'm in two minds as to whether I should Tempt it on my existing machine. Well, I'm still hoping they'll unveil some nice new features. You never know. Maybe they'll get have some good ideas this time around. Um, they'll have Cortana. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's great. As soon as it becomes good. <laughs> I wonder if I will, because I don't talk to my phone, so I wonder if I'll talk to my PC. Because at least with a PC, depends. you might be on your room in like in a room, like it might. Sure. Well, it depends what the shortcuts are. If they are like you know, like getting around the Xbox One, yeah, bringing it back to games for a second. <laughs> like at least you know, if it's like the Connect controls for Xbox One, where getting around is faster using your voice. Yeah. Then I'm all on board. Like if I need to go to a specific control panel rather than root around the millions of tiny icons, say, to find the one that. That's relevant. That was just yeah. like, like currently you can just type, say, can't you, and get most of the control panel stuff. So that's sure, that. and that might actually still be faster. Yeah. But you know, in certain if certain cases, if it's smart enough to be able to do things like that. But it um, looked like I don't, I can't remember, but it looked like the kind of search global search everything and Cortana were kind of one and the same thing. So you could kind they of they are, type. yeah. Cortana's yeah. taking over that stuff because it already yeah. has on Windows Phone. Like oh, okay, okay. search has been replaced by Cortana. Right, okay, fair enough. So if it's literally the same thing, you might the, the idea is I guess it breaks down the barrier for you thinking it's a you know, it's different to talk when really it isn't a different thing. No, I guess. Yeah. 
I guess that's the idea. I'll, I'll have to see, but you never know. Because Katana yeah. on phone, on Windows Phone at least, lets you type your request in. Like if you don't want to say it, it will still mm. and it will it will use you know handle it in the same way. Yeah, I imagine that's the most what you'll mostly do on a PC with a keyboard right there. Yeah, but you never know. It's quite nice to have a like a nicely integrated search. I mean, actually, the 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 new uh, spotlight on um, on OS ten Yosemite is really really nice because it's quite big, comes up in the middle of the screen, and it gives you lots and lots of results from you know integrated search results from the machine and also the applications and from the web and everything. It's pretty nice. It's like Obviously. command space, and then you just go. Whereas it used to be in the top right corner, you know. Of the, it looked like part of the OS that way. Now it's more of a kind of pop-up thing. Just got. I had my first experience of installing software on a Mac today. Oh, oh yeah, drag the drag it's, the icon. It's from still one a place weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> like an X copy install. <laughs> well, yeah. it's just an X copy install. There is no install. That's what's the weird about it. I still find it a very strange process because it's super simple. All it is is copy the file, double click on it to run it. But like the way they do it, where it's like, okay, mount the DMG. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, that was a bit that really confused me. And, this, and then this it, giant window pops yeah, up yeah. saying, okay, now you've got to drive the app from whatever the thing is that it mounted into your apps folder. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and I'm just, I'm just sitting there going, I had to turn around and look at GNOME and go, what the bloody hell is that? Yeah, I mean, all it is, is, is put the file into the apps folder and then you're done. It's the next copy installed. But I mean, the way they do it is hilarious because they're like, they pop up this little, often sort of themed with like a nice background, like find a window. It's literally just a find a window. And, and they're like, drag the icon into the shortcut that goes to your applications or whatever. Um, and, and I, I find it especially funny where if you set your, your finder preferences, like I do in Windows, where it shows all the hidden files, then it totally screws those up completely. Cause usually they've have that where the icon is huge. So then if you have a bunch of like hidden files, that, oh, that man, little they'll themed also be finder, yeah, and they're all gigantic. And it's like, well, what the fuck is this? And then you have to, I don't know. Cause then, then I usually, so my process is like, oh, okay, double click the thing mount the thing, the thing pops up, drag it into applications, right? Okay, now close the thing. Now press F11 to bring up my desktop, you know, minimize everything. Right-click on the th- on the on the still-attached mounted thing, eject it, even though oh, it's a physical thing. It doesn't do it automatically. Oh, so you right-click and eject it, and it's like, and then you click, then you click your applications, and you double-click the thing to launch it, and it says, nowadays, it says, oh, you just downloaded this from the internet, like, this isn't an official, like, this didn't come from the app store, like, this probably isn't safe. And you're like, <laughs> then you have to, like, shift, right-click it, and be like, no, no, I really want to open this. Seriously. Weird. And then after that point, it then remembers, and you can put it on your dock and stuff. But, like, that whole process is, like, quite weird to me. So don't get me wrong, I, I, I appreciate the idea of an install without an install, if you see what I without mean. Without all the registry the, shit. Yeah, yeah, just having just the copies have there, have it simple. Yeah, that I'm totally on board with. So how did they but, manage to screw that up? <laughs> yeah. Because it's so nice that you can just run it and it just works. Why do they have to have such a weird process to just get it on in, just get it in the applications folder? I don't know. 
Also, Safari is fucking terrible. Yeah, Safari's not very good. Although the new version is better, but Safari, I'm feeling like Safari is going to be I, the I new kinda, IE. Like I was going to say, I kind of like the look of it, like in, in the fact that it... But then it comes to a point where I, I was, we were trying to troubleshoot some email issues, BT email, apparently it's all fucked up, and we couldn't get it to work with this new brand new iMac at all. Right. Um, uh, so we were like trying to log into various servers and stuff, and it came up with like a weird message saying, "We think your account's been compromised. Can you just confirm your password and like you know change it right now?" At the same time, and I'm like, bit a bit a bit of me was like, "Hey, this seems really suspicious because I just tried to log in. How? Why are you making me type my username and password again um, mm. to do this thing? This sounds like a phishing page." And there is no way that I could find in Safari to check whether the page is secure or not. Right. Like, like sometimes it will or... show. Yeah, sometimes it will show a green padlock, but sometimes it won't. And there's no way to, for you to sort of dig into that to say, okay, am I secure or aren't I? It's so bloody like, minimal. So that was why I made an install install process because I put Chrome on there, and all of yeah. a sudden I was happy. I mean, Chrome is so good. I mean, the thing about I, I don't know what's going to happen with Safari. I think they're in danger because, like, it's now the well, yeah, slowest updating the... thing because now Internet Explorer updates not that fast, but it updates with the Windows updates, I believe. So it's yeah. relatively evergreen, not quite to the extent as Chrome and Firefox or whatever. But it, no, it updates, updates relatively. Yeah, Chrome updates constantly, which is kind of annoying sometimes. But anyway, um. But Safari only updates when they update the OS, which is like every year or something. Um, and like, and also what was happening was, of course, Safari is based on WebKit, which was an Apple project, but it went open. And uh, yeah. obviously Chrome was based on WebKit. And, and what happened was Google poured resources into making WebKit awesome for the sake of Chrome. But then like a couple of years ago or a year ago, they forked it because yeah. uh, they were getting so fed up with WebKit. Thing. So now Safari isn't benefiting from any of the work that Google are putting in to improve their rendering engine. So now I think they're kind of in trouble um, with Safari. Well, there was, yeah, we did encounter a glitch as well where a certain page wouldn't load properly in Safari but then did in Chrome. And it's yeah. like as part of this trying to fix this internet stuff, which we didn't fix, by the way, because BT are terrible. Right. Um, <laughs> I think they're one of our clients, actually. So, oh, I think when I, I when I ended up doing the service back one update, and it was like, oh, I should probably do Internet Explorer eleven as well, I guess. I never, that was a hidden update as well, yeah, I think, yeah, or it was tied know. to the service back or whatever. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. So yeah, so I did that, and then I was like, there was a moment where I was like, is Internet Explorer still actually installed on my machine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> It, it is it? possible to remove it in theory. It's just a, like an actual difficult process because they don't want you to. It's probably not a good idea either. But so then when I when I I remembered the one thing that I do use Internet Explorer for is basically opening GIFs and certain types of JPEG because oh, yeah. for some reason Windows Picture Viewer doesn't render GIFs or certain types of JPEGs. No, right, that is that is dumb. <laughs> By the way, top top Windows tip, quite stupid, but I I I wish I'd known this years ago. This is the dumbest little thing, but um, it's possible to change that grey, um, you know, neutral background of the Windows Picture Viewer to a different colour through a registry setting. I've never cared. Why is that thing? Well, it mattered to me because it was like I wish it was a lot darker. Pretty oh, much. Do people want graphite grey or? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, because when you're viewing like a, an image and like a, that's 
you know, when you're doing a photo that's like the wrong shape for your screen or whatever, and it's like a night scene or something, you've got like masses of bright gray around it. And I quite like the Windows Photo Viewer. I'd rather not use like Picasso Viewer or whatever shit other thing. I'd rather use that thing because it's super simple. But it's just, it's just that it surrounds everything with this bright gray. It's like, no, I'll change it. <laughs> Turns out you can. You could probably use Adobe Bridge or something for that. But... I know, but it's a bit overkill, isn't it? Anyway. Maybe. Then, but then does that like make the whole window that color even the stuff around the buttons or is it just the pane no. in which the image is shown no it's just the kind of neutral oh, that's background not, that's not so, that's not so good yeah anyway top tip <laughs> no or, or not not so top like medium tip bottom <laughs> like, tip keeping it real bottom tip. on a medium tip <laughs> so let's do some goddamn news before this yeah because we've already talked forever and yeah, there's still quite a lot more to talk about <laughs> News! Not necessarily news, but also games. News! What's going on in the world of video games? I hear something's happening with Nintendo. Please educate me. Crazy shit's happening with Nintendo. Is it really that crazy? Is it really? Well, kinda. I mean, they've been so absolute about not being interested about this for so long, and then suddenly they go... Well, arguably, one guy has been so resolute about not being interested, but he was the most important guy, so once he eventually gave up, they were like, okay, now we're doing it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That guy being Chigsy, <laughs> is it? Or Iwata? Or no, it's Iwata, who? Yeah. Or Reggie? Oh, Iwata. Yeah, in general. Hard to tell exactly. Iwata's the only one that really speaks about company message, so, you know, who knows who's really behind it. But, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah, the, the thing that we were skating around just there is that Nintendo have committed to making smartphone games along with a uh, a well-known... Japanese or Chinese or something, one of those uh, mobile developer called DNA, spelled D-E-N-A. I don't know if you really say along with. It's more like it's not like Nintendo are also going. To, it's like this is the partnership that's going to make these games. It's not like Nintendo games and Dina games. Or no, well, <laughs> the the way I understood it is that they're using the frameworks that Dina have built or Dina DNA, however well. you want to say it. Apparently, it's DNA. Uh, I've been told. Um, so they're using the frameworks that they built. So the the ideas of like having a a single user login to access various Nintendo services um, all come from DNA. Um, but the games themselves will still be developed by Nintendo, which actually sounds awesome. If that's true, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be. Well, who knows? Who knows what they come up with? I, I, if Nintendo are going to do anything, and Nintendo are going to do anything themselves, then they're going to do it right because that's always what—that's what they always do. Like if, when it comes to the games, the services. Okay, yeah, they'll fuck that up, which yeah, is why they, they got DNA involved. Yeah, but they'll, they'll probably do like one game, and then it will be like many years before they bother to do another one in the way that Nintendo do in first party. Maybe you might be, <laughs> you might be right there. Depends. How All they need to do is make fucking Pokemon on a mobile system, and, <laughs> and they'll be good. Or not not just a Pokemon game on a mobile system. I mean, like a special phone based Pokemon. Because yeah, they can totally would, like, they, do AR shit and stuff on phones as well, because they have cameras! Sure. But all then, kinds of awesome shit with Pokemon in an AR. Yeah, but then they could have done that with the DS. They could have. But now, the that, now that they're thinking about a phone, maybe, they, maybe they'll be like, what do phones have that we don't normally use very much in terms of a peripheral? A shit ton more CPU power. Because <laughs> 3DSs have accelerometers in them, right? Yes, not great yeah, ones, they do. but they do. Yeah. But so does nearly every smartphone, right? 
Yeah. Basically, once again, everyone is hoping for Pokemon Snap. Because oh, yeah. now you can do real life Pokemon Snap. They are Pokemon Snap. That could be amazing <laughs> if someone pulls that off. They won't. No, but... because no one, they're not going to make Pokemon Snap ever again on any system. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting to see what they come up with. Like, like how far they'll go. Because I obviously there are obvious limitations with using a touchscreen for many types of game. That's why I'm not so sure a Pokemon game on a touchscreen is going to be great. Why? All you need is four giant buttons for the different attacks, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much fucking it. That's how I they do know, on the but, 3DS already. I know, but I mean, getting around the world. That's uh, that, that I don't know. Be fine. I think that's Pokemon, a, if anything, will work great. Right. On a, would work great on a touchscreen, I think. you could use, That would be pretty good on an iPad, I reckon. I, mean, I get what you mean about most games, but Pokemon that would work fine. I'm sure. You could, yeah, you could you could make Pokemon work. I mean, it wouldn't be like core Pokemon. They'd have to change it up in terms, of, as I say, in terms of the movement and stuff. Actually, in terms of the thinking about it, the newer ones where you have a slightly more free motion, yeah. they, that would probably apply much better than the grid stuff. You could make um, it on a on a grid and just have like it being almost like a scroll. Like as you scroll, you're scrolling the literal world under your character, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally was writing yeah. the other day, like, tap a tile and have a character pathfind his way to that tile. Uh, yeah, sure, but you're walking quite large distances in Pokemon, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you'd have to keep tapping, which might be annoying. But you do have to keep yeah. holding the button, though, when you're using the... I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying that they, they, they might need to come up with something different. And actually, sure. the modern, the, the most recent, was it X and Y, was it the last yeah. one? Yeah, the, the X and Y formula might be... Might work just fine. Or, of course, they could just make a Mario Endless Runner, because, you know, that's easy. Well, that's what everyone does, though, isn't it? Like... Sega has just done that again with Sonic. Has they Everything's an Endless again? Yeah, there's, like, two or three Sega Sonic I know, I know of two. They did Sonic Jump, which yeah. was their version the of Doodle Jump. Yeah, and then the amount of people Sonic I see Rush, on the playing... Was it Sonic Rush or Rush Endless Sonic Runners. or something? Something. Something like that. That's all I see, really. What's because all mobile games are really, really good at, apart from puzzle games. Because we need yeah. one giant button. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do like swipe gestures yeah, to like avoid in do. different ways and shit. Three, but yeah, three D runners tend to do swipes for left and right. Three yeah, D runners. I see so many people playing three D runners. It's ridiculous. I remember those back. Um, the first I think three D runner I played on a mobile device was back on my Windows Five. Um, like Windows, what is it? Windows Mobile Five. PDA thing. And oh, then yeah. I, I found a version of like a. It was basically. It was a bit like the the running stages from Sonic Lost World. Actually, that you just had to swap lanes, but you were you were a, a, a ball rolling through very flat land. Right. And it was. And it, but it was really hard. It's like these things have always existed, pretty much since since phones. Since phones. <laughs> Only now they make some amount of money. Apparently, if all these people on the tube are freaking flicking that's Nintendo, their way, I guess only not really. Is well, it though? Well, what about the well, no, no, there, stuff? There, there, Come there, on, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. There is a little bit more here. Fill in me in. They, they wanted to be in the wake of this announcement. They wanted to make sure that I, I guess to put people at ease with this doesn't mean that we're leaving dedicated consoles behind. And I think they meant that in the sense of not only the Wii U, but especially the 3DS, I guess. They're, not, they're saying, look, we're still interested in this stuff. We will still be doing it. There's a project going on, which we're calling NX, which is just that. And, and everyone's like, Ooh, tell us more. 
and then so they, they go no so it's been a bunch people of like immediately could decide whether they yeah. preferred the idea of it being a handheld or a wii u replacement who knows who that's knows? the thing uh, there's been a bunch it of seems like, more likely that it... a reportage from like eurogamer on this stuff especially like digital foundry seem to they've got they had some insider like quote last year or whatever it was but basically about the hardware parkers their uh, partners <laughs> parkers partners hardware parkers so it was like amd <laughs> and and we'll take this like, motherboard and make sure it sits in slot D4 in the parking bay. And the British, like, graphics guys, what are they called? Not the power Crytek? guys. What they, no, 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 like hardware They're people. Quite uh, oh, well, the people that have the graphics chip in the, in the, in the iPad. And I think it's all the, the hardware. I mean, sorry, the hardware design, you know? You know how oh. ARM... No, ARM have, like, the CPU design. Somebody, there's some British company that did, like, the, G, the GPU... I know it's all integrated, but the GPU stuff. Um, I can't, can't remember. remember who they're called. Anyway, they were talking to them, and basically the digital founder was saying that the idea... Well, there's even an Iwata quote, which is like totally public, which is the idea is that they don't want to have two architectures anymore because t- currently the the portable 3DS and X or whatever and the Wii U are just totally, totally different. Despite the fact that they managed to make quite a similar game happen in the Smash Brothers stuff, the 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 architectures are just completely different. So the idea is going forward, they'll do something like iOS in that it will be, you know, they'll have different powered hardware. Maybe they'll have a home console, or maybe they'll have a, a portable, but it will be the same architecture. That's the idea, which is admirable. Yeah, that's what they're going for. So that's what the NX is about, I think. So whether it turns out to be uh, a home console or some kind of or a portable or some kind of hybrid or whatever it will be a unified well, platform as i say maybe nx is the concept of both at this point you know like if, mm. if they are building trying to make two different things run on the same architecture in theory they've got to be developing these two dip things side by side to make sure they can do it that's the idea i guess exactly so it could be two things it could be one thing first and another thing later hardware wise or it could be like they want to do iterative they might release it like that but i imagine they must be looking at both yeah i think so so this is kind of the idea but i mean Eurogamer went a bit overboard as i was talking to david about earlier and saying basically saying the wii u is dead (laughs) they're like they you know they're disappointed in the sales and they're just going to try and push out new hardware as soon as they can and bury it which i don't think really buy because like that, that's not a very Nintendo way of doing things. Because no, if not. that were true, the GameCube probably would have died a lot earlier. Yeah, exactly. I think the Wii U. They're, they're pretty the much Game... the GameCube didn't do well. Admittedly, it did better relatively than the Wii U has done. But well, they yeah. pretty much done all they required for the Wii U because there's going to be a Zelda and a Star Fox, and they, you know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, they've covered I mean, all the major games. Yeah, I mean, they were they were speculating that they might do what they did with the GameCube, where like, oh, when they brought in the Wii, they just put the Zelda that was developed for the GameCube straight on the Wii. So maybe they'll do that with the new. I mean, that doesn't sound oh, quite right, but you know, no. the, yeah, new, the, the new Zelda's, Zelda's too coming close out for that to happen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Me too. And you know, that's I mean, yeah, we're, all of this is still probably a couple of years off. Let's not like exactly, exactly usually a good you know the first rumblings you hear about new consoles for definite are always like a good couple years before it happens it just happens exactly. at this time that the first rumblings are official it's going to be a hell of a lot quicker than the next um oh then the next PlayStation Xbox console yeah. cycle yeah so absolutely so, which is cool it's good good that stuff happens i think 
thinking. <laughs> of, I was thinking about it, and didn't didn't Nintendo or someone else already use the code name NX? I think it sounds familiar for some reason. Well, it sounds like, like Next probably. Step, doesn't it? The um, the 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 Apple thing or the Steve. Well, Jobs lots thing, of things. Well, lots of things end themselves in Next, don't they? When they say like yeah. the, for the next, like Xbox Next, rent around for a bit. I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was something else, some other gaming thing that was called something Next before the new consoles came out. Maybe it was PlayStation Next. I don't know. So that that name flew around a lot mm. um, in the run up to the new consoles. So yeah, that's Xbox that's Next what's happening. Still, probably a better name than what happening one. several years in the future. Yeah, that's what will be happening. The question is: Is do Nintendo wind down their Wii U production, which is probably saying not a great deal because it's not exactly been full throttle. I mean, Mario Party Ten just came out, <laughs> but yeah. And we, I mean, and we, maybe we they have could... got, as you say, we have got like three other games at least this year to look forward to: Splatoon, Zelda, and. Uh, the other thing you said, Star Fox. How did I forget that? <laughs> the other thing you said. Star Fox is the one I'm most excited yeah, exactly. for. God damn it. Yeah. It's a shame they can't make a cheap, a cheap, smaller Wii U that doesn't have the gamepad because no one cares about the gamepad. Pad. Gamepad is cool. I'm actually, right, I'm actually taking my Wii U with me tomorrow because I'm, for, for work, going to have to stay overnight somewhere. And I've done this before because then where, which, if the hotel doesn't have a suitable TV for me to hook it up to, I can just play on the gamepad. I fucking... Yeah. I like the gamepad as a concept. I think it's underused. Oh, it is underused. I mean, that's the problem with it. Yeah, they could have done a lot more with it and they just haven't, which is disappointing. I mean, that whole asymmetric multiplayer thing, they never really doubled down on. I think asymmetric double, double multiplayer... Down, doubled down. Double down. It's just really hard to balance asymmetric <laughs> multiplayer. Uh, yeah, sure, but they should, if anyone can do it... It's yeah, that's true. that's true. I wonder, if, I wonder how that... Because there is some of that in Mario Pie. Like, because of <laughs> like, the Bowser mode, or whatever. Yeah. Where one player is fucking the others up. <laughs> And now I've got the punch out song by Dwayne and Brand out in my head. Good. Read some more news then. Five seconds and I'm fucking you. you. <laughs> it's got wind down. Punch out. Awesome. Read, read your news. Read my news. Off your phone. Which yeah, isn't right. turned on any longer. Okay. Okay. You may be excited to hear the game coming from Square Enix. Third in a much loved trend franchise. <laughs> It's already been announced that it's coming, so I don't know why I'm building it up like this. <laughs> yeah. So Just Cause 3 is happening, but they announced a release date with a pretty awesome trailer. Um, and that well, release date made is the website by the thing. end of the year. <laughs> We've known about that for ages. I've talked about that. It's a, well, well, we all knew it was coming anyway, <laughs> regardless. Of yeah, it. but now it's official, is the thing. But the trailer is awesome. You, you, might, you should check it wow. out. I don't know if it's that awesome. I think it, it's, it's they've well, gone for the it, stylish yeah, side. Yeah, it's a trailer they? trailer. It's not actually got anything to do with the fucking game in it. No. Like, here's some flames and explosions. It's, it's a little bit... <laughs> and then it appears from Rico at some point. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, when they uh, when uh, Lost Island... Was it Lost Island? Dead Island, Island, sorry. Yeah, you know, they over-stylized that trailer. It's that kind of... It's not the same, you know, it's obviously not the same trailer, but it's, you know, it's that over-stylized trailer. It's still, it's an awesome trailer, but it's nothing to do with the game, really. <laughs> no. Good contender for best trailer. 2015. Mm. We'll see. Do you even remember that by the end of the year? I, I've, I've already made a note. <laughs> I'm keeping on top of shit this year. 
Uh, talking about release dates. You know that that thing that might have bought me a PS4, or that might have made me buy a what? PS4. <laughs> oh, okay. I understand what that sentence meant now. I, I was like, there's some kind of thing that's like not a person. It's some kind of monster that's forcing Rob to buy a PS4. <laughs> Well, I would have bought it for me was how I originally worded it though. Um there, there was a there was a thing. Yeah. There was a thing coming that might have made me buy a PS4 this year. And that thing is no longer happening in twenty fifteen. That thing is Uncharted Four. Yep. It has been delayed until next year. Well And PS4 I mean, really needs a big first party exclusive that's good. Yeah, but that is gonna I mean I, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, you know if they're delaying it because it, because it will end up being good. That's fine. But in terms I'm of sure like they are. Sony, mean, in terms of Sony's like I don't know output at the moment, that's that's pretty bad. Like I don't know that I'm having the same feelings I had about Sony at the moment that I've had about most Sony peripherals they've put out. Normally, I have this about like the PSP or the Vita or the Move. And it's like now I'm getting that same feel feeling of what's going on about the PS4. Mm. It just it just doesn't seem like there's enough support coming out from from Sony for it, which is somewhat. I mean, insane. they've done really well with the install base so far. I mean, they so... sure it's sold like buckets because yeah. on paper, it, and for most third party games, I guess it's a hell of a system. It is, but. What the hell is going on with this? These exclusives, these, you know, all the first-party content—it's just non-existent. This is the reason why I bought my Xbox, and it is paying off for me because I know Microsoft will deliver on on first-party stuff. Yeah, with I the mean, possible exception of the Halo debacle. But I mean, I'd probably rather have Uncharted Four than any of the Xbox One exclusives. Actually, I think, yeah. Yeah, what what are they like? That is one over? game over Titanfall, Sunset yeah. Overdrive, Forza, yeah. Forza Horizon, yeah, Halo. You know, there's a there's yeah. been a lot of gold on on Xbox sure. thus far. And yeah, what true. what what would you really say about PS4? What is like? I don't know. I haven't got one. Maybe the order, if you want to look at the pretties. <laughs> no, but that is Final Fantasy coming. <laughs> Final Fantasy is coming. Well, that. I haven't made a note about this, but that technically is news. The, the Final Fantasy fifteen episode Duskai thing happened. As a, demo. <laughs> it's a very and this is the thing. It's a very very early demo. Um, so they they they've come out and basically said, look, this is not how we expect it to look in the final version. This is not how we expect it to perform in the final version because early indications are that it performs like dirt. Like it is, and I don't mean dirt the game because that performs really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. It's just not very, it's not good in terms of frame rate. There are some weird image problems, like a lot of dodgy aliasing. It is not running at 1080 on either platform. Um, the Xbone version definitely suffers more than the PS4 version. Um, and in terms of a, a sort of presentation aspect, it's not so hot right now, but the gameplay is getting people excited. And, For some and, reason. Yeah. I, I tried I, to watch a vi- video. This was probably before the actual, like, I'm not. I guess it, I was watching it from the, J- the Japanese release of this thing. So I was watching a video of some Japanese people playing it, and dear God, it was the slowest. Like he was making no progress, and he was running in circles for ages, and like fighting the same monsters over. He was probably saying really interesting shit in Japanese, but, but, but I couldn't understand that part. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was like, oh, I guess I have no idea what this game is still because he's not actually playing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I remain cautiously optimistic about this one. There's a there's a original feel to everything that I've watched and seen about it that seems... There's a cool... Like, even just... I mean, I know it's all scripted stuff, but there's a cool sequence where it makes you feel like they're actually kind of scared of the big-ass monsters like Behemoths <laughs> and Behemoths, however you want to say it. Um, and that if you encountered them at that stage in the game, they would mess you up. It's like, I don't know, there's a certain... I think they're going for more of a consistency, perhaps, than some Final Fantasy games deliver in terms of their world. You know, I had there's like there's always that weird thing where if you go back to an area that, that you that you started from, say, you go fight these enemies that look totally badass, but they're like level one or something, and you just kill them <laughs> as a as a dude with sticks. There's, it always seems a little weird. I mean, it's quite empowering in a way, but it just visually or work as world building looks kind of messed up. But I think they're going for, like, uh, you know, if, if, as you get more powerful, for instance, and you can take on the bigger things, but it's they're trying to use scale, I guess. I don't know. Do, do, do you know what I'm getting at? It's hard to explain. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it, looks, it looks cool. It looks cool. Apparently... The vast majority of the polygons used to build those characters are in their hair. Yep, those throws are there. <laughs> Be nice if they look less dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that would always be a bonus. I've seen a number of those, like you know, Japanese style. Um, you know, you know when they do their sort of like promo shots, and it's basically just everyone's face in a row. Yeah. But they sort of cut them up so you only see like a yeah. a slice of a vertical slice of face. Yeah. It's like there's one of those for Final Fantasy 15, and there's quite a lot of faces there. But they all pretty much look the same, <laughs> apart from like two girls in the middle of it. Well, at least there are girls. They haven't t- really showed that yet. Well, yeah, that's about, there's about ten characters on this thing, and it's like two of them, <laughs> like but slightly underrepresented. It seems there's no veneer action going on. Well, that you know of yet. They've got to reuse that name. Come on. Yeah, that'll become a new classic like Sid. Yeah, every be- game from for, now on. For Neil, or oh, I can't even remember his name now. What was the Saz Katsuri? Shit, yeah, that is a name. Uh, yeah. Finally, two more bits of kind of news, I suppose. Sid Meier's Starships. After we like, it was announced that it was like happening. That came out pretty goddamn fast. <laughs> we probably yeah. see something about that game. Uh, I sort of saw, I saw a little bit of quick look. I wasn't like. Well, here's the thing: like... if you, if if you're into the normal depth you expect from a Sid Meier game, this is not the game for you. But it didn't it even is... look to me. It didn't look as attractive as like Sid Meier's Ace Patrol. Right, sure. Which is sort of quite simple, but no, it was very simple. But I thought it was cool and like polished well, it, and yeah. like nicely done and. It's it's mechanically interesting at least, whereas this yeah. seems a bit by the numbers basic stuff. I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's obvious that it's probably been tailored to the mobile audience, you know, the sort of more casual gamer. So so they're not overwhelmed by mechanics, but as a for people trying to play the PC version of it, it doesn't come across well. Apparently, there was yeah. a a very informative article on Kotaku that basically said Sid Meier's Starships not that great. And then there was a very small article that basically just said, it's not that great. Didn't really tell you anything else. 
quality news from Kotaku. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that our news is, you know, any good. But... Yes, our quality news. Our quality news. <laughs> I've got some news about our quality. Yeah. It's decreased. It's gone down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. Well observed. And last bit of news. Finally. <laughs> rumor mill again. Uh-huh. I've seen... We've had that conversation not that long ago about how we weren't 100% sure if things like DX, DX12 was going to end up on the X-Bone. Yeah. So a phrase that I've spotted a couple of times across the internet, and not actually in gaming threads, like just doing my normal, I don't know, reading my normal developer news, uh, I came across the, the, the written in a couple of places that Windows 10 is going to be going to Xbox One. In some form, so like yes, and of course, if, we, if they're doing a whole OS update on the X Bone, does that mean that DX12 will come with it and all that stuff? It's like that's, I, I don't, I don't think that's been officially said that mm. any of that is happening. But I've seen it written in a number of places, like it's a fact. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I really don't know what any of that really means like I mean, the games it could be on just the Xbox bullshit, One like but... run on top of the OS or do they sure. run like the, uh, yeah I, I believe they run on their own layer that isn't technically Windows right but I mean it some... might share some stuff with like DX I guess like presumably it's DX11 underneath somewhere but because it seemed to me that like originally the Xbox One had a, a, a reasonable chunk of power like attached purely to a kind of side OS that was like running for. for oh, yeah, there's there's three yeah. OS layers in yeah. on the Xbone. You've got your your application layer, which is more like Windows 8. Exactly. Um, yeah. it is it's almost like that. You've got your game layer, and God knows what that is like from my perspective. It's probably yeah. still got a lot in common with Windowsy stuff, but it's a yeah. whole separate OS layer, yeah. effectively a separate VM. And then you've got your manager, effectively that is like the Hyper V or the um, yeah. You know, the VM, whatever is managing the VMs, I guess. So it seems to me that they keep, ever since, in order to, like, basically in order to, like, catch up to some extent with PS4 graphics, they keep, they keep like, downplaying the application layer and, like, giving developers more and more access to as much power as they can. Well, sure. You know, yeah, well, the thing the was, wasn't layer. it, yeah, recently that there was a small portion of CPU time dedicated to keeping the Kinect uh, active at all right. times. And that's been, you know, the developers Ditched. can choose to turn Connect off to get that power back. Cool. Okay. Well, that's just one th- um, example here. Yeah. yeah. They said it was like equivalent to somewhere between 5 and 10% of the whole console's power, which sounds crazy. Yeah, it does seem weird. But like, if they're doing Windows 10 updates, maybe that will, and maybe that will affect everything, but maybe it'll only affect like the application layer and it won't. Like, You're probably right. Yeah. You never know. I mean, yeah. it would make sense to. I mean, for me, the the graphics drive Anything is like to do with the graphics hardware. You know, it's it's a question of. I mean, on the PC, it's like you'll need to buy a graphics card that supports the a certain DirectX twelve features, won't you? Yeah, I'm sure. So, I, I, anything that helps the speed of launch of applications on the Xbox, because that is the biggest problem. Actually, it's like if you try and snap the party, for instance. Um, from scratch, it just seems to take an age for it to actually load for you to be able to use it. You can't like tinker around with it, like in between loading pauses, for instance, or 
because it yeah. just takes too long for the thing to snap and load in place. I mean, that just seems thing. sort of unforgivable, doesn't it, really, if you compare yeah. it to, like, a phone, an iPhone or something? Oh, well, yeah, well, even... Even I'm not even thinking about that stuff, but if you could just compare it to the 360, right? You know, you pull up the mm. guide and you can access all that stuff mm. right there. I mean, yeah, sure, some of the pages have the have the spinner, but it was still faster. So, there's anything they can do to speed that up, or maybe this is part of it. Maybe they realize that this whole snap plan wasn't exactly great, and they're just like Windows 10, we're changing everything. Hmm. We shall see. Who knows? Who knows? But it, it, that that at least sounds like Microsoft are doing what they always do with their consoles, which is review everything all the bloody time. Just like they did on the 360. So, Yeah, it's they're a lot better reason, in the middle like... of the cycle than they are at the start. <laughs> yes, definitely. They always... Mm. They, they, t- they turn it around. I, I think they always get ambitious and then realize, whoa, whoa, man, okay. Maybe we're a bit off more than we can chew. Let's rain, let's refine this. We've learned something now. Now we can make this awesome. Maybe. I mean, they maybe keep forgetting the their Maybe that's their the only lessons. way you grow. <laughs> no, that's the yeah. problem. Anyway. They did this time. Uh, and that's all I've got for news. Cool. End of the news. Apart from so that cool. Fast and Furious thing for Forza Horizon apparently came out. I haven't tried it. Wow. What have you been playing, Rob? Ah, well, convenient segue, I have been playing Forza Horizon. Da-da-da. Two. This for the Two. first time, right? Two, yes. I, I, didn't play this, I, I hadn't played, oh, I played the demo before. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't played the first Forza Horizon game. Um, so this is me experiencing the road trip for the first time, man. Uh, that shit is pretty. Pretty. That shit is real pretty. How's that handle? I mean, well, I mean, it's still it's it's like 1080p, 30, but it's thirty frames per second, which is no. I mean, it's, like, it's, how do the cars handle? <laughs> I think, well, they 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 handle well. They handle well. It's it's basically using a lot of the Forza Five model, but like arcadified to a certain degree. Like everything is much even on the same settings as what I normally race Forza Five in. The cars are a lot more manageable, mm. um, like. Partly out of necessity, because you're you're not a, a lot of the racing actually requires you to not be on the road, right? <laughs> Quite a lot of the time. I noticed that. Um, that seems a bit weird that there's so much off road in a game with so many supercars and stuff. Surely they just flip over instantly. Uh, yeah, using using the supercars on the off road challenges is, or actually just going off the road on with supercars is somewhat impossible. Um, but this is where the game's design comes into effect when you. Um, as you go through the game, it's basically road tripping you between the various hubs around the world. Um, and when you go to a hub, you pick a championship to sign up to. Um, and when you sign up to that championship, it then gives you events specific to that class of car that that championship is for. Mm-hmm. So if you pick a supercar event, which I haven't done yet because I've been saving my pennies to buy the really good supercars, <laughs> um, the theory is that it gives you tracks that aren't off-road, for instance, because the events are tailored to those cars. Mm-hmm. And, and they can sort of do this because of the fact that it's open world. They, it's probably not too much effort for them to say, okay, we'll just change the ribbon of these events um, for this car class because we can. You know, It's not, it's not hard for us. Um, whereas if you go ahead and pick an SUV class, for instance, that you're probably going to be driving through vineyards like all right. the time. <laughs> 
Well, it is Europe. <laughs> yep, there's nothing but vineyards, it seems. But it is it's 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 quite a pretty game, it has to be said. Like it's doing it's doing a lot of great stuff. If you just stop, put it in photo mode and zoom in at some of the detail, it is great. Like the cars are unbelievably well detailed. Mm. Um no, nothing really in advance of what Forza 5 did, but it's still hella impressive. The thing this time round is that the lighting model is so nice. Like, it really feels like a sunny European location. It's like they, they've just nailed that. And it transitions to rain quite nicely, and it has a proper day-night cycle. Um, and it's all... I mean, it's just the, the the look of the game is great. I mean, yeah, I wish it ran at 60, but actually, as it turns out, that becomes much less of a problem when you realize this game isn't really about precision racing. It's not really about um, nailing those lap times by a, a you know a thousandth of a second. No, it's 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 more about just having fun driving and. On the surface, it sounds like that would be kind of boring in a kind of the crew kind of way, as what yeah. everyone said about the crew. They're like, this is really dull. But somehow it isn't. It's like you're kind of okay just driving around the world, occasionally taking a detour around the back of a house to find an experience board that you have to drive through to get more XP. Experience um, board. Yeah. <laughs> or fast travel boards to reduce the cost of fast travel in the world. And it's Somehow it's kind of nice. It's like maybe maybe it's just where I am when I'm playing it, and that I, I tend to. It tends to be like oh, okay, it'll be like nine o'clock in the evening. I've got like two hours before I need to think about going to bed. What do I do? I'm a bit stressed out from my day still, and blah 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 blah. Because I've I've had a pretty bad couple of weeks with work, um, yeah. and it's 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 and because I don't feel like I really have to care. <laughs> about it that much Mm -hmm. it is kind of the perfect thing for me to be playing at that point in time yeah that's the sort of thing i like like i uh, that really attracts me i I have to say forza horizon games obviously i can't play it because i haven't got an xbox one but um which is a shame i would i mean i would it's one of those games i would really like all the forzas that i would like to try on a wheel you know if microsoft just put out a pc version i'd be all over that yeah um but yeah, it, I think it, it it fills it fills a niche that I I like at the moment. I think and it's weird coming off playing Assassin's Creed Three to go into this um, with that same sort of because Assassin's Creed, I suppose, when you're just w- wandering around the road of the world, sorry, doing the collectible stuff and doing the side missions and stuff, it kind of has that same feel mm. up until you hit Assassin's Creed Jank, but. <laughs> which then like frustrates you like nothing else. Um, but it's, it's, it's a quality product. Uh, I, guess, I guess the only thing to say like against the presentation is that the more you look at it in detail, the more you start to find its rough edges. And there are a number of rough edges still. Right. Um, I mean, the texture detail isn't as hot as you would expect from certain things, certain objects, for instance. There are places where the road texture, for instance, just doesn't seem as sharp as it should be. Um, and there are certain places where, like, the the number of polygons around a corner seems surprisingly low. Like, you'll see 
like the, the 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 road markings be in sort of a number of straight lines rather than a smooth curve, and maybe that's just a glitch in the LOD system rather than rather than a world thing. But when you spot them, it's just like, okay, wow, I wasn't given the, how the rest of this looks, I wasn't expecting that to be a little weird. Mm. Um, and it's like there are other little details as well like the shadow detail if you stop for instance isn't very sharp like oh, they've tried to make like trees look have have nice shadows because they sort of the shadow sort sort of animate but not at the frame rate of the rest of the game so that kind of uh, looks a bit odd yeah. and they're not very, they're a bit pixely um which isn't so great but then you realize kind of why it's like that because the way the game simulates the day night cycle it's like it's actually moving the light source the entire time like every second the light source is moving across the sky mm-hmm. but the reason why i say every second is because you can notice it do that if you stop because you can see the angle of the shadows like tick over every now and then so it's like chuck chuck oh chuck. you can see the pixel movement it's not a hundred percent smooth okay. um while you're driving around it's there's zero problem at all um, but it's just like if you have to stop, which actually sometimes it's quite nice to do in that game because it is so pretty and like the game encourages you to take photographs of things and yeah, um, it's that you know that that can sort of knock you back a little bit, especially when they've made conceits like okay, we're going to have a thirty frame per second thing to make th- this game look as good as it possibly can, and then you spot these things that you kind of wish weren't there or at least you didn't notice for the first few hours of gameplay because you were just in awe of everything else um i I suppose it's the same with anything the more you play something the more wrinkles you find but on the whole very 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 good looking thing and it's got a great soundtrack actually turn 10 either uh, or who are they called again? The, it's the Playground this Playground, time, and, yeah. and it, is, it is their second time. I think yeah, Playground but I mean, on, the, on, on this the console. Right. I mean, oh sure, yeah, yeah. Um, they did, yeah, they did a good job of working with. I mean, it's running on the four to five engine effectively, so they yeah. did a good job of tuning it up to um, to do what they needed it to. No cardboard cutout, the photoshopped. No, the, the, the crowd is solid this time. <laughs> <laughs> they, they move somewhat unconvincingly, but they move in the grand um, tradition of like random people on the side of racing. Yeah, cars. I mean, you don't see very much of them, which is like probably okay because the events also spread around the world and stuff. You never really get much of a crowd. There's just like a line of people, perhaps somewhere. You know, and it's fine. It doesn't really detract from the experience. You don't expect a whole grandstand full of people. If you know what, what about I mean. like so, when you're driving through the cities and stuff, like Nice or whatever? Are there people? I mean, on the streets or no? I mean, it's absent of pedestrians. Oh, it is. It's not quite Grand Theft Auto, then. Okay. No, no, I don't think they could. They could get away with that. For instance, so my like... brother was telling me that one of his friends that he works with used to be one of the animators on the team for the Grand Theft Auto pedestrians in Five. <laughs> And they, they, she, she said that the like the happiest day was when they figured out how to make the engine do, uh, so they could get a guy to do a wanker sign, you know, like a jerk off sign. <laughs> They're <Yeah>. like, yes. <laughs> Is it, we must have this everywhere. So that if you see that in GTA Five, it's that girl that did that. So, <laughs> but why would? Maybe that's just an animation, right? Or is it like maybe no, she the worked, top half to it? Or? Well, it's just an animation, but I mean, maybe they had a certain toolkit they were that was available for, you know, animations of the pedestrians that was a bit cut down compared to like a cutscene. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, it, because presumably they'd be walking or whatever, and then you had to have them make the, the sign. Well, you'd hope it was a, 
But you'd hope it was the same engine that the characters used during gameplay, for instance. Like, oh, I don't know if it is, though, because that's all like fully physics and everything. Can you imagine that for every single pedestrian on the street? I guess probably when you touch them, they turn into proper physics objects. I can't, don't know if it's running the simulation on everything all the time. Maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. But, but, you know, to a certain extent, some elements of that will be like, you know, how the bottom half has to keep walking while the top half yeah, does exactly, things yeah. or looks at things. Or, anyway, it was just know. a weird anecdote. I was like, oh. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> anyway. But yes, um, take your victories where you can, I suppose. <laughs> what are the? How, what are the? Is it mostly countryside, or is there like a few like street races? And... Uh, there, there are street races. Yeah, there's a few like towns, like a miniaturized version of Nice, right? Or, yeah. Um, I mean, a very miniaturized very version miniaturized, of Nice. Yeah. But it is mostly country. Um, okay, that's cool. And hills and countryside, because that's that's kind of what it does best. I mean, and that, and that is again like a potential flaw here, and that it does that one look. And doesn't do a great deal else, like sure. because it's all set in the one location. They haven't bothered like um, going to the mountains, for instance, or they haven't bothered taking you to some other wildly different climate. So it's all uh, it's either very very sunny or it's a bit stormy. There's right, like, and, and that's about it. They, they do they're the only tricks it pulls really. I mean, you very rarely just get a cloudy day that isn't rainy. For instance, it's either like really sunny or kind of dark and gloomy and rainy so it only goes between those two places which you know perhaps they could have done a bit more work on to mm. make the weather a little bit more varied it's always nice um, when you see in gta when you see a weather um a weather state that is really rare like when it really rains like it's like like or when there's a thunderstorm or something in gta it just doesn't happen very often so it's always like oh wow this is like real life <laughs> you know you know i like that stuff yeah, I mean, it, it would, yeah, it would have been nice to something that you only see every like x hours of gameplay. Like, oh, sure, cool. you want you want something to sort of surprise you, don't you? And you're like, oh, yeah, man, this is this exactly. is bad. Yeah, so I kind of kind of wish it had a bit more of that. Like when you go to an event, for instance, the events are all like fixed in conditions, mm. stuff like that. So things will play out the same way. You don't go to an event and it just it's rainy this one time, and then you go back and do that same event in that same championship. It would be rainy again. Mm. Um, uh, I, I guess for consistency of leaderboards and stuff like that, um, maybe. Um, or consistency of experience, I guess. You always get certain races in a certain style, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. I, I can see why they did that. But, uh, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, I guess, as I say, the soundtrack's really great. A nice mix of, like, the, the I think, like, uh, the bass station is probably the best represented because there's a nice mix of, like, pop, I guess what would be pop dance tunes and some lesser known mm. ones. And uh, it was quite a nice mix. Whereas I didn't really recognize anything on the sort of rock station. Um, and the other stations are kind of interesting to me because they're just, they're a bit out there, you know, this, they're not really well known tunes, I suppose. Um, cool. Which I guess might put some people off, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice that it's quite varied. Um, yeah, but I kind of wish, that, like, I wish actually, that rock was better represented, you know, a, a few more like real quality tunes as opposed to just, I don't know, it kind of comes across as like kind of average indie sort of rock, I suppose. And it's like perhaps that could have been tuned a bit better. But, mm. yeah, but generally, generally nice. Like, yeah, there's a, um, an Italian. Uh, so there's at one point because during the early phases of the game, every time you complete a championship, you basically unlock a new radio station, and it represents one of them by like some of the drivers are complaining that they've uh, 
their radios are automatically tuning to an Italian classical radio station. Uh, and and D-Bag McVoice then says, uh, oh, it's, it's fine, I quite like it. And then so then you do the next road trip you have with Wagner playing. Um, <laughs> nice. Which is kind of nice, because if, if Gnome's in the room, I can make it slightly less annoying for her by putting the classical station on. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's quite convenient. <laughs> you have a classical fan, just switch to the classical station. Yeah. Uh, and I adjusted my sound stuff, so there's a, there's a specific sound mode to, say, give the music more focus than the engine noises and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, I did that. and it's. I guess, I guess the one problem with... And, and this is becoming a frustratingly common, I think, in that because the game is modeling a radio, I think all of the music has been for a radio filter. Oh, so I'm, okay. So I'm so I'm sitting here when like Nero's Satisfy comes on, expecting it to be like real fat and beefy and bassy and stuff. But then I can't help but notice that it's somewhat radio compressed, mm. and it's like, and yeah, it sounds like it's coming out of a radio. But do I really want that? I'm not sure I do. Mm. And maybe that's a licensing thing because there's a lot of music there that maybe they had to make some concessions. <laughs> How is that a license thing? Here's the concession. If you want to put our, put our song in your game, you have to make it sound really shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I know what you mean. It's, but maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a cheaper license because like, maybe they can use a radio license as opposed to a... I don't know. I wouldn't have thought that radio licenses would have had some sort of quality stipulation. Where it's like you can only use this if you've transmitted it over the airwaves, so it sounds crappy. <laughs> in a way, they do that to stop piracy, don't they? In the radio case, because the version you'll be you'll ha- you could record off the air, just won't be as sharp as the one you'd get off a to off stop a piracy. Product. I think that's just because old school piracy used to only have radios to work off, and now one day it's like no one uses a radio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was a thing. I don't think that, I, I agree with you. Piracy that. was stopped. I think that was just piracy just moved on. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you in the sense that's, that's probably not why that stuff was introduced. They introduced that stuff to compress the signal to make it so it's I don't know more audible through all radios, I guess. But you know, nowadays what with digital radio, they don't have to do that. They don't have to compress it to shit if they don't want to. They could broadcast it in perfect quality, near enough. But they choose not to. They choose to radio a fire, and I wonder if there's something to that. This radio isn't that. Uh, you, you know, isn't that ubiquitous yet? Still, I guess. But they still choose to do it. They could, they could just run it for a different feed. You know, this is the uncompressed channel. Well, yeah, but then if if we're assuming that the person giving the music to the radio station is the one that's giving them this version then they're not going to make two versions just to satisfy some people who are going to transmit it on digital. I guess. It probably makes it easier, actually, for them to not fuck up the levels. Yeah. Like when they're when the DJs are like mixing in various feeds and sound effects and, I don't know, ad reels, whatever they call them, the sort of jingle stuff. Probably just makes it easier to maintain the levels like that because they all just get compressed out to one level, which is on. I don't know. I, I found that a little disappointing. Was the thing because I knew the soundtrack was. I knew some of the stuff that was in the soundtrack before going into it, and it's just like when you actually hear it, it just it's not as not as big as I want it to be. Mm. You know, ca- car sound systems, man. Car sound systems are supposed to be awesome. I want them to like. I want to be surrounded by the sound of if I'm playing in car, for instance. But the, no, they do the classic thing where it only comes out the left and right speakers at the front. 
you know, things well, like that. Quite a lot of the cars, like 50% of the cars in that game probably don't have a good sound system or a sound system at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about 50%, because 50% of the cars are just normal cars. Well, that's why I said 50%, but, yeah. not like 90%. Yeah. <laughs> like it might be in most racing games. Yeah, I still won it then. So that was a little. That's a little disappointing too. But uh, and, and and the biggest flaw so far is that it does the thing that a lot of British developed racing games do when they try to be cool. And I don't know why this is a thing, but they do the thing where they have some douchebag. British douchebag constantly saying, "All right, mate, that's excellent, isn't it?" Or, uh, like well, well done, you. Well, and it's like, yeah, get stabbed in the heart. Those well, people. yeah, they, they they try and set it up like you're the friend of this excellent driver guy called Ben, who happens to be a millionaire or whatever, and is putting on this festival so you can drive whatever the hell you want and stuff. And so it's like every, every conversation is like, "All right, mate," and it's like, and you and the the. Uh, uh, rep- the mechanic lady is constantly going, dude. <laughs> like it, it seems, it sounds really forced. Like you'll go to the menu to go do some upgrades to your car, and she'd be like, "Hey, dude!" Like, like the dude seems to last too long. I'd be like, "Dude!" <laughs> it's, it's, it's. It feels. It, it really annoys me, and it annoyed me enough to make me play Dirt Three. <laughs> to, to compare, to, to like see if it's more or less annoying. Yeah, <laughs> great. Dirt three is still worse, <laughs> I think, because um, the first race I've, I I completed, the the American voiceover from Dirt three went went. You should upload that footage to YouTube. It rocks, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so, but Dirt three says that stuff a lot less frequently than than Forza does. Uh, admittedly, the f- the frequency of debaggery seems to be decreasing as as I play, uh, but it's it, that I, I can see that putting a lot of people off real badly. It's quite irritating. Yeah, if they could just turn down the debaggery frequency to zero, that'd be ideal. Wouldn't it? It's just I don't know why they feel like they have to. I mean, are they? Tr- is it part of trying to evoke the festival? I- evoke, invoke. I don't know what the word is there. No, you, you got the, it right. The festival evoke. feeling evokes yeah. the festival feeling. Yeah, I mean, like, it, yeah, that it... was the idea. But I mean, they've been trying to do that. I mean, it's not just these guys. It's like Dirt Two was trying to do a festival thing, and it had the same. Thing oh, sure, there. but Dirt Two doesn't directly talk to you, like in terms of the managers. You don't have you have the other drivers complimenting you in a sort of badly acted, well, not really badly yeah. acted because it's the drivers saying it. I guess, like you know, the, like Tanner Faust or. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. I have a decent driver names off the top of my head. I can only remember Tanner Faust. Um, like, you know, there's actually them saying the lines and it's mm. like, I don't know. So it feels, I don't know, slightly more believable in dirt too. And they never, then it's never the drivers t- saying, Oh, Hey, this events like this, you're going to need to know this, but, and by the way, excellent, sweet, excellent job, sweet maneuver or whatever. I don't know. Something about it. Dirt two does have a bit of that, but it doesn't feel quite so forced. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, and and because Dirt Two is so out there of its presentation, you know, like by blasting stuff on the screen, making stuff explode periodically, having the sort of RGB blurs when stuff hits the camera and that kind of stuff, somehow it all kind of gels in the way that I don't, I don't think it ever did with Dirt Three's um, triangles. Triangles, yeah. <laughs> and to a certain extent, Forza Horizon's presentation is quite clean as well, like you know, nice bold 
text, which looks pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but it's I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe it doesn't just fit so well. But also, those voices are just plain super annoying. <laughs> just, like even if you took the presentation out of it and just had the voice, you'd still be annoyed by them. I don't. I don't know why they do it. I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah. Maybe they'll learn. You never know. There's always hope. No. They will keep trying. Someone will always try and be cool and hip and with it. So, what else have you been playing, man? Finished Assassin's Creed 3. Hence why I started playing Forza Horizon. Oh, well done. You got through it. God, did I. Did, did, they pay off, you, did they pay off with any interesting real-world story stuff, or did they just screw <laughs> no. everything up? Clearly, no, obviously not. <laughs> I didn't think they actually would follow through on that stuff. I mean... Alright, are we all happy for me to go into spoiler territory here, do you think? I think, oh, I think it's good, it. right? No one's going to go through what you did in order to... Yeah, <laughs> no one's going to play that. <laughs> I mean, all right, so Desmond's storyline stuff, right, the, the payoff in theory. Like, th- this whole game is about uh, effectively acquiring some power sources to get into a temple that supposedly holds the key to protecting the Earth from an enormous solar flare that is going to cause all kinds of crazy stuff and basically wipe out most of humanity. Okay. Um, so you effectively do that with your dad getting kidnapped at one point and you rescuing him, of course. Uh, which results in you killing the guy that kidnapped you in the first game, um, which is you're, you're sort of sitting there going, all right, great. And some other guy, like antagonist that was supposed to be somewhat scary dude, who I can't remember was if he was mentioned in the first games, sort of really anticlimactically goes a bit crazy and sort of kills himself. <laughs> and it's like, okay, right. Okay, um, that just happened. Okay. <laughs> um, and so basically the very end of the game boils down to... Um, it feels like it's going to go in the direction of a decision because you start having these two uh, members of those that came before, I think is the official way of describing the crazy hologram people. Um, you know, like the guys you, the guy you see at the end of Assassin's Creed 2. Um, that they, uh, they sort of basically say, okay, you have a choice. You can either save the planet from the solar flare, but that will be handing power over to Juno, who actually wants to enslave you all because she fucking hates you. Um, or you let the world die, and uh, you, but you guys will survive, or some people will survive, including you lot, and Desmond will effectively lead the start of the next civilization, become some sort of, I don't know, religious or... Um, philosophical leader, only for his words to be twisted and for the whole cycle of civilization to start afresh and the battle and humans be humans kind of bullshit begin again. Um, and I, I thought that was like the way this was all being set up. I thought, oh, this is going to be a dialing ending, isn't it? And it's like, nope, Desmond just makes up his mind and says, I'm saving the world. Fuck you guys. <laughs> right. He just picks one. <laughs> um, and, and, and is like, we'll deal with Juno later if we have to. Uh, Desmond then dies. Because apparently that's part of the process. Okay. Just sort of dies. Okay. Uh, and then Juno is like, oh, now it's time for me to play my part. And that's pretty much where it ends. Okay. Yeah, so it ends in a way that makes you think, okay, are they going to do something with Juno then? Like, what's all this, ne- what's what's the next step of this stuff? Or like, what's going to be the, the war of humans versus whatever the fuck she's going to do? 
Um, because she claims that whatever she's going to do will be an instantaneous death. You will feel no pain. <laughs> and it's like, but does she mean that that what happened to Desmond or does she mean that? Not sure I care. <laughs> no, no, I, it's, it's, it's fucked up. But the worst part, and this is the worst part of the entire game. Okay. Is what follows. There's a credit sequence. But we, I think it's no secret just how many people fucking worked on these Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, so it takes a while. Did you, did you want to place bets on how long this credit sequence is? 20 minutes? Yep. Pretty well, much. I... It's, it's like 22 minutes, I think I clocked it at. Okay. Um, and it's unskippable. And I was meant to be picking up Gnome at this point. So <laughs> I started this, I, I start, accidentally started the end game. And it's like, oh, fuck, right, I'm going to be cutting it fine here. I need to go pick up Gnome in about 15 minutes. And so I got to the end of the secret and the credits start rolling. I go, oh, fine. That's, I've probably got like five minutes till, like, till this is over. Oh, no. Ten minutes went by. And at this point, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be five minutes late. Fuck. So I pushed it a bit further. <laughs> of course. And it's like, it's still fucking going. So I had to basically stop the game and just go, right, fuck it. I'm going to have to go. There's going to be some end of, se- end of credit stuff, isn't there? Um, that I'm going to need to deal with before it saves, potentially. So whatever. Like, I shut it all down. Um, just force closed it. Went and got home. Come back. Set that sequence off going while we cooked dinner. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Came came back to it just as like we were finishing off eating eating our food. <laughs> it was all like, all right, this is done now. And then it sort of goes through a very short sequence, and then goes, all right, save. Now you're back in the world. There's some stuff to do. And I'm like, oh fuck's sake! And it's like, but, like, who makes a 22 minute credit sequence? Jeez, unskippable, and it doesn't save until the whole thing is played. That is unbelievably bad. That is awful. The fact that it doesn't save is like pretty unforg- unforgivable there, isn't it? Surely. It's just... Oh, man. I can't believe it. I can't, I can't believe it. Like, games need... I, I, th- I feel like games need to provide some sort of warning when you're about to get into an incredibly long sequence that doesn't have checkpoints in it. Even if it's all canned or cutscened. Or even, even in Metal Gear Solid 4, if you're about to go into a 40-minute cutscene, which, you know, is pretty regular... <laughs> it should probably checkpoint somewhere between the cutscenes, right? Mm, yeah, surely. I feel, I feel, I feel like games need to like be slightly better about how they handle this stuff if they're going to do stuff like. Because I'm not against them doing stuff like that. Oh, okay, I'm again, I'm still against a 22 minute credit sequence. However, you look at it, but with nothing happening. Um, but you know, if you're going to. Uh, for people with time restrictions on when they want to do this stuff, they should probably like you know give you some means to not waste to it. escape. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, par for the course, I would say. Now at this point, I think I think that was the height of hubris, wasn't it? Uh, Assassin's Creed Three. Oh sure, I, I still stand by everything I said, and they, they threw a lot at it, and not a lot sticks. Um, mm. It's just, it's a bit of a mess of a game. I think the ending sequences are quite clunky in terms of the Connor storyline. Like on the whole, it doesn't really work. I mean, it has the, the start is good, and the last few scenes in the main storyline are pretty well done. They are kind of there's a re- when you basically kill the bad guy that you've been wanting to kill for the entire game. The way that sequence pans out is kind of cool, in a way. Um, 
sort of reflective respect of the two people in a way like like you were a bastard oh no you were a bastard it's all kind of kind of deal but without words it's oh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool uh it's well done um but the, actually the mechanics of the sequences leading up to that are just like oh man seriously so it's like when it forces uh like you should probably do it like this upon you that the game sort of falls apart really <laughs> Like whenever the game tries to make you do a certain thing, it never really works quite as I think the developers intended, or as you think they intend. Mm. So it's always it always feels clunkier than it needs to be, um, or you cheese it in some way. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, so it's, that it's about right. It's a bit of a mess. This is it's like some of that, you know, I, I talked about that homestead stuff and like why is this yeah. not happening yet and like why is that stuff? A lot of that stuff seemed to unlock at the end of the main game. Like I suddenly had a number of homestead missions turn up and I could go do that do that stuff to improve it and it's like but at that point it's like why would I care? Like unless I'm going to 100% the game for some reason, like it's just giving me more stuff to do that should be less interesting than the main storyline but in a weird way, was kind of the reason I was playing that game. You know, as I said before, just meandering around as a sort of relaxation thing. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weirdly structured... Doesn't ever really fire on all the cylinders that Assassin's Creed 2 did. Um, It's just weird. A weird thing. I find it... It's it's like... it's, It's incredibly hard to recommend... I'm not sure I can. It might be one of the rare times where I just have to go, thumbs down, people, thumbs down. Yeah, sorry, thumbs down. Don't play that one. Play the next one. Or, or... I mean, yeah, the boat stuff is, is pretty cool. So yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to Assassin's Creed 4, provided they sort of, I don't know. Maybe we should play that at the same time. <laughs> Are you yeah. Assassin's Creed it out right now? Or... Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to give it a little bit okay. before I, before I go back in. Right. Um, Yo, ho, ho. I want to I I be able to give, like, perhaps Halo and Forza a bit more of a shot before I do something, start yeah. something else big. Cool, yeah. Um, uh, stuff like that. I have been playing a bit more Halo multiplayer. I suck real bad, and it never feels like my fault. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm not having such a great time, actually, with Halo multiplayer as I kind of expected I would, mm. which is a little annoying. I don't know if that's because everyone got good and I got bad, or or what. I don't know. I'm just not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. blog halo anything else on your plate or is it zeg time uh yeah i will yield at this point like maybe i'll remember something at the end like i usually do (laughs) cool actually do you want uh, my quick update quick update quick update uh well uh, today i played some uh, maricard 8 the dlc with the zelda track have you got that oh i i i haven't i was thinking of it's getting nice. it for when I disappeared to take my Wii U with me to do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so I played that G uh, Grand Prix of the new of the Zelda track and like the the SNES Rainbow Road and the Zero track, isn't it? And the Zero, yeah, yeah. So the Zero one's pretty cool, and I quite like the um, Hyrule track as well. I mean, the attention to detail in that one is really nice in the Zelda one because it's like um, the coins are replaced with rupees, and like even the sound oh, nice. of the. Uh, of the uh, slot machine for the um, power-ups is kind of like an opening chest. Da, 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 da. Instead, oh, really? everything, oh, yeah, everything cool. is like, it's pretty sweet, I have to say. Though the actual circuit designs aren't necessarily any better, I wouldn't say. I think they're sort of 
maybe a little bit below the par of the the but just nice theming yeah but the theming is really nice and just generally it's like really quality especially since it's you know free i guess um well it's, so, yeah. it's not free it's oh it's was paid it not? dlc oh it's no. a paid dlc oh, it's it's, ele- it? it's 11 quid for both the packs um, oh, the first okay. one is out yet yeah the second oh, that's one's right. due out second- in may yeah, the second one's coming soon. Yeah, I think it'd be probably worth it, definitely. Uh, Eleven pounds is a bargain, given that it adds fifty. It will add fifty percent of content to the game. To the game, yeah. So it's Animal Crossing, isn't it? The next one or something? is the next? Which I, yeah, yeah, which I'm less fussed about. Well, but... the whole thing was uh, on the strength of this one. I think it will be cool. So yeah, and it's oh, yeah. tracks. So I uh, uh, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's I a good excuse to get back into Mario Kart, which is on the whole a pretty great game. But... Definitely, and I think it's kind of a success. This one, although I was shit, obviously. Um, I think I ch- chose a really bad cart or something, but either way, it was not doing well. Anyway, um, I think there are some fucked up combinations you can make, but the, to, for the most part, it's like a cart yeah. really doesn't matter that much. No, I think it sucked. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I played some Towerfall Ascension. I might have to uh, get that so I can practice. Oh, shit, yeah, that game, that game is so good. That game is really good. Um, and I'm still playing Homeworld. Um, slight update on the. UI situation um, that I was complaining about last time. You can double click uh, on a ship to select all of that type within your like view. So, uh, so if you zoom all the way out and then, and you manage to double click a fighter, uh, it will select all the fighters. So that's more useful than that. I was looking for something like that. You know, I was hoping for some option where I could select all fighters or whatever instead oh, of having so to you, find you, you those. So yeah. that only works when you're zoomed out. You say like you have to be. No, it, it's like within. It. it works within your, within your field of view. It will select all of that type, right? So if oh, you zoom okay. way in, then it'll only select the ones you can kind that of are see. On screen at the time. Which is actually sort of useful, actually, because if you're if you're um you know you're leading an expedition away from your ship, then you're not selecting craft way back at your home base. You're only selecting sure. those you're like, yeah. which I guess is kind of cool. But I mean, you have to kind of um you have to kind of combine that with the groups because what happens is you set a group of fighters or something and then you build a whole bunch more and they're not in the group and you have to and traditionally it's like oh okay now i have to find these guys wherever they've gone the ones i've built sort of shift click on them select them all or 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 like select everything in the area and pick those out of the little ones you have selected box on the bottom left or whatever then find the group that you have kind of add them to the group now you can sort of double click and then, you know, sort of reassign the group more easily. I don't know. It's sure. it, it, Anyway, there's an option that I wasn't previously aware of that is actually sort of helpful. Because now I can have, like, um, I can split my fighters into two, have them on group one and two. And if I want to select them all, I just double-click one of them and I get all of them. Um, so that's sort of useful. Cool. Uh, and you, so, are you progressing now? Like, have yeah. You the, the, the so old that allowed wall? me, yeah, that allowed me to get a bit further. Um, although, uh, it's still a bit buggy. Like what happened was I, I always think it's, it's typical in these games. I always think it's going to be the last bit of it of a mission or whatever. It's going to be harder than what actually happens is you get a trickle of enemies fighting you all the time and you're not really ready for them, whatever. So you think, oh, this is really hard. But then when you finally built up your force and you go on the exposition to smash them, you smash them without too much trouble. It's typical. Oh, sure. I used to always have that in CNC, where when I was going for the final assault on the enemy base, I would just totally destroy them. But yeah. in the in between times, it was actually a bit awkward because they were like 
coming at my base and stuff and wasn't quite ready and all of this stuff. It's quite hard to turtle in um, in Homeworld because you can't really, um, there's no like gun turrets or anything or there's definitely no walls. You know, you can't, you can't like, not really, but you can do some cool stuff. Like you can literally come up behind them by going over them and under them. That does work uh, because they have a kind of spherical or conical sphere of view. So sometimes it's a big thing. Yeah. So you can actually, if you, if if there's enemies either side and you can't go round them that way, you can go over or under, which is quite nice. Um, and I was actually having quite a lot of luck splitting my forces. So I was, I was moving my forces in the same direction, but I kind of split them on the vertical. So I had my, um, kind of big frigates and stuff, uh, lower and my kind of fighter destroyers, Corvette dudes on a higher level. And I was kind of adjusting the camera so it was slanted so that I could fight them individually while they were basically fighting on two different planes. And that, that worked quite nicely. So I could kind of distract the enemy fighters and destroy them on a higher level because they they want to move quicker. So I can like move them in and out and um, covered my dudes. The the big frigates were on the lower bun. Uh, and I managed to also. Oh, another thing that I was doing wrong that I managed to figure out that the game wasn't really helping with was like so some of my corvettes were getting um, damaged in battle, uh, and um, I wanted to repair them. And I had these support frigates, and I was like clicking on the support frigate and clicking right clicking on the corvette and he says something like repairs in progress or going to repair and he doesn't fucking move or do anything so i clicked on the support frigate again and then i clicked the thing that says repair like explicitly in the bot in the menu at the bottom right and then click on the thing still does nothing it took me ages to work this out it doesn't because it doesn't tell you but that works so if you if you right click or you use the repair thing you know it does work on a frigate but it doesn't work on a corvette because in order for a corvette to repair it has to dock with it oh right and it doesn't tell you this and also it makes the sound effect to say yeah i'm going to go and repair that but what you actually have to do is get your corvette tell it to dock with the support frigate and it will dock and then it will repair the same as if you sent it to dock with the the mothership okay so it works but it's just like does the support ship bigger than the corvette or no yeah the support ship is bigger than corvette because it's a support ship is a frigate so it's bigger so it makes sense that the Corvette would dock with it, I guess. But it just doesn't look like it has a hangar bay. But when you okay. actually say yeah. dock, it, there, there are like slots underneath it for, for craft to dock in. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because there seems it, to be it like It just one... seems weirdly inconsistent, though, doesn't it? Like with like, okay, you're moving this thing to here. But then I guess if you can move multiple craft to dock at the same time, then maybe it should be that way around. But then maybe your frigates should just should work the same way. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you should move the frigates as the support ship rather than... It's sort of confusing. It's, I mean, what confused me was the fact that when you click on it and you click on you click on the support frigate and then you right click on the Corvette, he says something like "move into repair" or something, and he just doesn't do anything. And it's like, well, this is just broken. Yeah. Um, but luckily, because also like there's one button for dock, and I think they just dock to their nearest target. Because I was clicking dock. The way I figured this out eventually was I was saying, "Okay, Corvettes, please dock with the mothership," and they were just going to the the support frigate, which was closer. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is how they actually repair. <laughs> oh, she sort of worked it out by accident. Yeah, exactly, worked out purely by accident. But anyway, so I'm sort so of... As long as they dock, is it like, so as long as they dock with something they repair? 
Like, yeah, I think so. Like, they got your mothership that will deal with it as well. Yeah, that will do it as well. It's a bit slower, though, because it takes time to go into the mothership and out again. But that's kind of how you, um, you know, I was talking about the scavenger dudes that you can, like, nick enemy ships and, and convert them to your side. It kind of grabs them. Two of them grab an enemy frigate, and they take it into your mothership to convert it into one of yours. Okay, right, yeah. That takes a little bit of time. Because it's a bit confusing with the mothership as well, because it has like an auto, it has one toggle, which is like auto launch, which is enabled by default. And with that on, anything that's inside will instantly launch, right? And the other thing, the other toggle is don't auto launch, where you can go in and individually launch the ships. So sometimes I want to kind of have my resource collectors inside the mothership while there's a battle going on. So I turn sure. off the auto thing. Oh, yeah, but then anything you build, if you're. Yeah, then anything you build, you have to individually have to manually launch. launch. Yeah, which yeah, is really like- annoying. Um, Perhaps it needs a little bit more fine control there. Yeah. And also what happened was, it's still buggy, because what happened was I finished, finally finished this mission, and I was like, okay, I've defeated the enemy. Um, now I can like collect the rest of the resources that are here before I move on, because everything carries on in Homeworld. You, you know, you right. don't... Uh, so, you might, and you I, might as well like just farm an area clean. Exactly. It takes a while, but I don't really mind, because it's quite pretty to watch or whatever. But... Um, uh, I'd captured two enemy resource carriers along with my ones during the battle. Um, uh, and then I went to launch them. So I just defeated the enemy and I went to launch them and it immediately crashed as soon as I tried to launch one of the enemy oh, captured weird. resource handlers. There's some bug there that I took me a while to work out what it was. But So I had to do that part of the mission again. Um, but not capture the resource save. handlers. Well, then I saved... I still had the resource handlers from before, and then I just tried to launch it, and it instantly crashed. I was like, "Oh, okay. I better not just. Lo- I better just not launch those." <laughs> <laughs> just I don't keep know until next time. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, if I can never launch, if it always crashes, that's going to be annoying because I don't know if I can scuttle them while they're inside the mothership. Um, anyway, that's Homeworld still going. It's, it's nice and it's quite hard. Reckon those are bugs that are introduced by the remaster? Or oh, the, probably. Or, I mean, no, this uh, this game is like the original. The whole engine is completely ported over, so I wouldn't be surprised for Homeworld One. Anyway, Homeworld Two is probably a bit more similar to the original, but the, the Homeworld One is, I gather, quite different. I mean, the game, the missions are the same and everything, and the ships are all the same, and the scripting is all the same. But it's all been ported to the two interface and engine, so sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a new bug. Anyway, or it could Fair be an old bug. Who knows? It could be a 15, 16-year-old bug. Oodles. Anyway, that's me. So it's time for Zach. Oh, cool. What have you, you been playing, man? Bring it. Well, <coughs> well, first much shorter thing to talk about is there was the first major update to Infinifactory, where he actually added more levels, I guess. Yay. Which was weird. Well, one of the things that also came in this patch was he, like, re-adjusted some of the earlier levels. And, in my opinion, some of them that he changed is like, oh, that's disappointingly, like, because he was trying to make it so that it's a more smooth difficulty curve or whatever. But, so, some of them he's changed to be, in my opinion, quite a lot easier. Although I haven't actually replayed most of them, I just went in and looked to see what was different. It's like, oh, the product's different. It's like, not got that middle bit that was so difficult to deal with before or whatever. Well, these bits are angled in a different way that's much easier, rather than having to strap them on sideways. 
So I was looking at it and thinking, well, that's made a lot of these levels much easier. And that's kind of sort of disappointing. It's like there needs to be almost, needs to be a sort of secret, like, toggle where once you've completed the level in the proper mode, there needs to be, like, toggle into the hard mode where it goes back to the classic version or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or just you reuse those puzzles again somewhere else in the game somehow. Or put an easier one before them or something. Well, yeah, but the trouble with that game in general is that because of the products you're making, you can't really just reuse them that, you know, straight. It's like if you're making a satellite which has two wings and a middle pole bit, it's like that's that's always going to be a satellite. I don't think you can have it made of different blocks and make it into something else subtly. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there was that. But then the actual new levels, as predicted, basically carry on the storyline that didn't feel like it was finished. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And not in like... It's not as fully like realized as the actual story because the actual story has like those cutscenes and, and little dialogue things with the aliens only not really dialogue blah, 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 blah. and then has then doing the levels you have the audio logs sure and then i thought it was like maybe in the added levels it was going to be just like all audio logs or something but there is a little bit of like there's actual characters occasionally mm-hmm. there are still some levels where it's just some audio logs but mm. that's fine too any more dogs no, no more dogs. No more failed dogs. And I mean, strictly speaking, there has there isn't an actual cutscene in this in these added things. It's just like the the level sort of acts as your cutscene, where it's like the last level you're doing a specific thing. It's like, well, we've done that, and now we have to get the fuck out of here, right? <laughs> and then that'll be. <laughs> and then that's the end. Yeah, that will lead into the next thing, presumably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then the new there's some new blocks and mechanics in the new thing. It's actually pretty funny because the new mechanic is the teleporter. Oh, wow. Which is basically exactly the same as the first DLC of Space Camp that no one played. (laughs) It's exactly the same. It's the the same idea where basically it teleports one block at a time. And if it's like welded to anything, it unwelds it. So you're basically taking big things apart into singular blocks and then reassembling them. Oh, interesting. So you could, is the idea that you could have big, horrible products come in, like, yeah, basically. That's the difficult levels where you have yeah. to t- take this like tank thing and then disassemble it into parts and then reassemble it. In. It's always more a problem of like ordering at that point. Sure. Because it's yeah. like, it's not difficult to make things from inputs and outputs, but when you're controlling the inputs and the outputs, it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to have any chance of reassembling this, I kind of need to know what order these blocks are going to come out in. And it needs to be a logical order. Like, I'd quite like all three of the tank tread bits to come through at once so that I can just build that and then get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. So yeah, that's kind of nice, and it does have a pretty awesome effect for the teleporter of when you when you because it's just like a floating cube in midair that you send stuff into, but then you need to go through it to see the other side, and when you click click it, it does like a cool sweep between the two environments. Oh, nice! And it actually looks really awesome. It's like totally smooth. <laughs> oh wait, so wait, it's not just teleport to another place on the map. It's like yeah, it's just like a separate area. Oh, weird. And you click and you have to go back and forth. A, and you have to build a route there and teleport it back. Or Well, depends on what you're doing. Oh, interesting. It's like a whole... I didn't realise it would be a, like a whole separate plane. I just assumed it would be move block over here. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, because you couldn't have done it any other way because you could have just built an infinitely long conveyor belt if it was a separate area <laughs> in the normal game. Because there's no gravity or anything. You couldn't have had two separate floating islands in the same environment and not just be able to fly over there unless it was an unlike some weird enforced, like, no jetpack zone where you can't go through it. 
I guess. Or no building zone, but instead it's actually like properly done. Right? Like this is a separate environment. So obviously you can't. And they also it just doesn't occur. Yeah, just, I'm not sure that it would have occurred to me that that's how they would have would have approached that. They also added some nice new blocks that are unfortunately only usable for this, like only for this set of levels. Because unlike the normal game, where as you unlock more blocks, you can go back to the previous puzzles and use them in the older puzzles to make better solutions. The new blocks in the expansion you don't you can't. Okay, they're only for the. This, Only for the right. this is a shame because one of them is really fucking useful. Because I guess it would mess up the leaderboards, right? Well, that's, I mean, they already have that problem with like the first time you play through the game, you're never going to be able to get a good score because all the good scores on that leaderboard are oh, from yeah, people yeah. who have come back. Sure, but then, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, maybe that would have been nice. And a lot of the leaderboards got erased when the levels got edited as well, of yeah, course. Of course. So that got rid of all those. Because I suppose you could have, like, it would have been an excuse to re revisit those levels. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. And, like, one of the blocks, the upside-down conveyor block is, like, the most useful thing ever. Mainly because it solves the whole problem with the goddamn levitators. Do you remember how I was telling you in the video oh, yeah, about the levitators where you set a block up and then you basically have to sense it and then push it out of the levitation zone to put it onto a conveyor or whatever? Yeah. Well, now now you just have a conveyor just... above it and it just travels along the ceiling. You just stick to some sort of mag rail or something. <laughs> well, it's... It's still gravity operated in general, so you actually, if you want to travel along a roof of conveyors, you have to constantly be pushing it up or in like on every square. Always be pushing. Yeah, so you have to have levitators lined along the bottom, but that doesn't increase your footprint, of course, because they're directly below the conveyor. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's actually really nice to just be able to levitate shit up, shit up, and yeah, and transport it sideways in a way that's more easy to do well I suppose that, yeah that's an immediate improvement to any levitator level then if you had that block wouldn't it just well be yeah like, exactly does it or is that actually the problem that if you go back and do those levels with those blocks that it's like where well, you're sort of trivializing the puzzle yeah but that's the whole point because it's not like you you wouldn't have that block the first time through that's the whole point of the puzzles like the first time through you have limited blocks so you, you can't do it as well and you come back and do it there but there was that I played for it the last mission was a Fucking ridiculous pain in the ass, but probably only because of the way I was doing it. <laughs> right. We basically have to build this thing, which is, I don't know if I can exactly describe it. It's like two donut shaped rings <laughs> of like eight blocks stacked on top of each other with four pillars in between on each of the corners. And then the middle of the donut on each side is filled with another block. Right. So it's like this ridiculous 3D structure. And Obviously, you have to send all those blocks through the teleporter in the right order to be able to build that in any kind of logical way. Mm. So the way I did it was like build little L shapes where each basically build each corner of the donut, attach it to the previous one, rotate it by 90 degrees for each of the four corners of the donut, and then shove the two extra bits in. But that was a big pain in the ass because you can't really weld a block that's in between blocks all around it (laughs) very easily. Because the because of the way the welders only operate horizontally or vertically downwards, yeah. there's like no upwards welder, which would make things a lot easier. Would that not be the same as a downwards welder? Not as much as you think. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you mean. Like that you can't have them underneath pointing upwards. Upwards, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right. Yes, it was awkward, basically. But I eventually did it with a really also. It was sort of a restriction I placed on myself that I didn't really think about it at the time, <laughs> which was I didn't use any like timers because there's really easy ways to make timers where you can basically just make a conveyor loop and have a block on it that travels past the sensor every so many ticks. But how would you put 
a block on it because you can just place a block on the conveyor. Oh, what the gray, the gray, <laughs> yeah, the gray blocks. blocks. Oh, Any okay. blocks are because all the blocks are like you know they're not they're affected by gravity if they're not attached to anything. You can just place a block on top of the conveyor and have it go round in front of a sensor and make a timer like that. Oh, that's kind of cool. But I always forget about that, and I've never really bothered with it in any of my solutions, and I wasn't doing it in this one. I suppose it's a footprint problem, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. It does add to your footprint quite a lot. <laughs> but then when I realised, I was like, oh yeah, I probably could have just used a timer and made this solution a hell of a lot easier, <laughs> rather than just having like delayed sensors almost, where it's like, where <laughs> you have to make it trigger the sensor slightly further up the conveyor belt so something can move into position before it gets there. <laughs> Yeah. Awkward. Yeah, so I did that. You should go check out the video, people, if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> yep, again. And then the main thing I played it's comes off for a long time was I played City Skylines. Yeah. I, I originally wasn't going to. Oh, how, yeah. how Sim City is it? <laughs> it's like, I originally wasn't going to, but then there was a combination of two factors that made me do it because, like, firstly, Several people from the IRC crew were playing it, and that's always like that's sort of a more useful indication to me of like not review scores. It's just like are these guys playing it? Yeah. Not that, that always gets me because otherwise I'd be playing like Payday Two or whatever because <laughs> that's like what they played for a hell of a long time. But once I saw a couple of them playing it and talking about it, I was like, okay, this looks like I should probably get in there. And then the other reason was just like journalism, I guess. <laughs> it's like, it looks so much, much like SimCity. Maybe we should see if it's any different or better. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little confusing this, isn't it? Like, cause it's not the same developers as Cities XL and Cities XXL, which has been under a recent. Well, XSL came under fire fairly recently, did it? Well, being, it came out fairly recently. Yeah, for being kind of naff yeah. and being a full-priced product that is basically barely an expansion to XL. But the City Skylines is is a different developer, but is also published by Paradox, therefore shares the brand name. Well, not really. Are they both not? Are they not published? Is XSL not published by Paradox? Because they're both called Cities, right? Yeah, but Cities in Motion was the one that they made before Cities Skylines. Oh, oh, well, that's even more confusing. Well, yeah. They shouldn't have called it City anything, but, you know, SimCity. What else are you going to do, yeah? <laughs> they had to, I guess they had to put the word City in there somewhere and they just couldn't use Sim. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think as soon as they just called it Cities colon Skylines or, or like something like Cities something, then that becomes confusing with Cities XL. It's like, it feels like brand name crossover. There's like, a colon in there, though. <laughs> I mean, if they're not attached, then... They could have called it Metropolis or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They needed a city in there. It sounds more like SimCity that way. Because it's basically SimCity. <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's like... They said that... Well, there was an interview that suggested that one of the developers said something like, we had this plan to make this game way before SimCity, the most recent one, came out. But because we were a really small team, we didn't think we could do it at the time. And then, and then it was like, well, after SimCity came out and was shitty, we basically had a look at it again and decided we probably could do it now, now that we had more people and more experience. Okay, so they are completely separate things. Actually, I've just had to confirm with myself. Monte Cristo is the developer of Cities XL, um, and they self-published the first one, but it's been since been picked up by Focus Home Interactive. Mm. Um, 
So it is a completely separate thing because this other one is not developed by them, and it's I know it's published by Paradox. Yeah. Um, so yeah, completely separate things, just with confusingly similar names. <laughs> yep. And this is, and yeah, so they suggested that they weren't intentionally trying to rip off SimCity, maybe. Oh, but, it, but it's exactly like SimCity 4, but with SimCity... Not SimCity 4. Well, it's... it's you know, I mean, it's it, more it's, like SimCity, the most recent one. No, but I mean, mechanically, like, in terms of probably how it actually functions underneath... I don't know it, about it that. It looks like... Well, I, I watched the, I've watched some stuff. You wouldn't like, know how SimCity 4 actually works. I've played anyway. quite a bit of SimCity 4. you played 4. quite a lot of it, but you wouldn't necessarily know the actual underlying mechanics. It's probabilistic. <laughs> so, you know, it's not actually running a simulation per se. It's using probabilities to figure well, this out. this is running happen. a simulation, sort of. But probably not like the agent system, right? It's, like, it's got agents. They're yeah. just sort of simplified over the SimCity ones. So this, right. what, this was where my journalism came in, where I was looking at it and trying to determine... <laughs> Your journalism. Determine how how different and similar it was. The main thing that's obviously similar is it looks practically identical in terms right. of like UI yeah. and it has like the it, it, uh, it has the coloured overlays over the white city thing for when you're looking at the data. <laughs> which which is cool, but you know And logical I suppose, because yeah. how else are you gonna do it? Black. <laughs> Make it look neon. Yeah. Black with bright colours on it. Because <laughs> why not? I guess. Because you know you can't have any contrast and that's how you actually see the buildings. <laughs> It's much harder to do contrast starting from black. Grey on it. Yeah, well, yeah, and then it looks weird. You don't have, you don't think of inverted contrast like that, do you? It, it looks all, yeah. <laughs> looks all blood dragon. So, anyway, like <laughs> the agent situ- situation of the simulation, it's like I think it's sort of midway towards New Sim City because it's tr- trying to simulate. Well, for a, for a start, unlike New Sim City. The individual people have a home, <laughs> and they go there, and they come from there. They don't just go back to any nice. home. So, That's pretty but the, good. But the sort of restriction of that is like, well, for a start, the game doesn't particularly care whether they make it to their destination or not. <laughs> it's like uh, if if a car ends up stuck in traffic for a certain period of time, it just disappears. <laughs> oh. It's just like if it's gummed up too much at some point, it's just it's just like fuck it. And I'm not sure. Well, if, I suppose it's like that if, if it's possible to get input, like I don't know, like any simplified simulation. I suppose it's possible to create a scenario where it's like if it's okay, jammed, yeah. But there's no there's no way this could sort itself out. So like you know this wouldn't happen. So we'll have to take some stuff out of the picture. Yeah, but it's, it seems sensible, right? It's sensible in that way, but I'm not sure that really has any effect on the game. The only thing that I can think of that it might affect is like happiness. I have a suspicion that like your happiness rating is based on people completing their journeys. Or presumably to some extent. Also recording commute time, right? No, I don't think it is. I don't think, basically, I'm not sure it actually, well, for a start, I don't think industry or commercial care whether people actually get there to work. Commercial cares about incoming deliveries. So like goods. So if they don't get enough goods deliveries, then they eventually get abandoned. And industry sort of cares about incoming and outgoing cargo shipments. So it's like products coming in, products going out. But I'm not sure those either care about actual workers getting to them. Mm. It's like, as long as someone has been employed in that job, whether he turns up or not, they don't really care. But I think from the residential yeah. end, that's probably where the happiness comes in, I suspect. I it's think probably that's probably the only thing that matters. 
So yeah, the the like simulation is a bit more simplified. Stuff just disappears constantly. I'm not. What I'm really confused about with that is like how it sort of fixes that problem after it's despawned the thing. Because it's like you can track the individual people as they go to and from a place. So if they despawn, do they just like instantly reappear at home or something? <laughs> I would assume so. Yeah. So yeah, that's like it's simpler than SimCity's more harsh, but of course it actually works better in this game because well, it's built around it being. It's the whole. It's the thing about this whole game, isn't it? Is like specifically seems to be going out of its way to go. Hey, what did everyone hate about that last SimCity game? Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, let's, give, let's give. Well, there's no multiplayer, obviously. There's no multiplayer component. There's no, and they, it's it's quite clear that the the size of the cities you can build are several magnitudes bigger than what you can in SimCity. So, yes, they are, but the trouble with that really is that, like, there's not as much content even as SimCity, which didn't really wasn't exactly a massively content-rich game. Right, you mean, like, in terms of the number of buildings or the terms of well, number of facilities you need to construct? Yeah, it's like the number of types of buildings that like, created and the buildings you can place. It's like, there's no there's no real sort of well, there's no progression at all, really, apart from straight upgrades. Because it's, it's like you start with the graveyard, for example, for the dead people, and that sends out hearses to pick up the dead people, and obviously you have to worry about your traffic for that situation because the services need to use the roads. Mm. That's the main thing that traffic is a problem for. It's not so much about commuting, it's more about whether your city burns to the ground because a fire station couldn't get to somewhere. <laughs> right, so here's some, like, just a prove the point here just how well this has been going down actually there's some interesting stats on the wikipedia page Mm -hmm. okay like this is the best-selling title that paradox has ever put out Mm. like by some margin it sold half a million in the first week like which isn't bad for a city building game come on (laughs) like what kind of mass market appeal is that going to have and well, guess, in theory, they, they should they basically sell at least captured, a million because that's about how many SimCity sold. Yeah, they, well, they, like in the first week, captured the, almost, like half the market that were pissed off at Maxis, <laughs> is what that means. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, it is cheap as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- th- that was the reason why apparently the Escapist gave it a perfect score. Like for the for the price that you pay, is like they've created the game that Maxis couldn't, and like the other weird thing is like when they started work on this, apparently the team. At, um, like, which is a pretty great name for a developer, Colossal Order. Yeah. Um, they, apparently, there were nine guys. Oh well, yeah. And it's like you think of the resources Maxis had. <laughs> well, that's why I said they didn't think they could do it initially, but then that's amazing. They came back. It, and tried. It's it's a proper it's a proper success story. You know, it still could be better though. <laughs> I guess, oh yeah, like everything. yeah. So as I was saying before, Robin interrupted. Sorry, stats, I, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> it's like I'm sort of I'm sort of amazed by the existence of this thing and how well it's doing. Yeah, as I was saying about the situation of the building diversity is like there isn't any because you build the graveyard which handles dead people with the hearses, and then <laughs> later on you unlock the crematorium, which gets dead people with hearses. Except now it doesn't. Basically, the graveyard has a storage limit of, like, 3,000 graves, whereas the crematorium, you can just shove infinite people in there, obviously. And it's just, like, that's just an upgrade. It's not really... There's you no, never go back to the graveyard. Yeah, there's no, like... Trade-off. There's no, like, SimCity had the thing where you could upgrade the buildings with the little parts, and then you could tailor them slightly with different effects, like, you could... Oh, sure, like, the new the new SimCity. Yeah, stuff. the new yeah. stuff, where you could, like, have a 
coal power plant that has clean stacks instead of dirty ones, but they cost more and produce less power or whatever. Mm. And even the difference between the individual types of buildings in SimCity was more. Mm. And then like police and fire or whatever, it's just like small fire station or big fire station. <laughs> I guess that was still technically the same in SimCity, but there was slightly more like in SimCity you had like the big fire station could be upgraded with the helipad so you could have air fire patrol or whatever. Did SimCity, the new one, have the thing where like the catchment areas of you, the building, the school or whatever is defined by like things along roads rather than like giant yeah. circles? The, the spreading out method. Yeah, it was trying to That's define much through the agents, wasn't it? Well, it, the thing is, it does that in this game as well. Obviously. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but but the trouble with it is that in this game in particular, and I think in some ways in SimCity as well, but because it's the like because the simulation is a bit simplified in this one, the way it spreads out... Well, firstly, there's sort of some bugs about like certain road junctions seem to just prevent it going through in some cases. It's to do with like one-way systems and stuff. Mm. And one-way systems are always a pain in the ass anyway, because it, it spreads in the direction of the roads. So if you've got like a one-way system that curls back on itself, the end of the one-way system won't be as covered as the start, even though the end is nearly as close to the building as the start, because it flows along the one-way road. Mm. But anyway, in this game, that probably doesn't seem to matter that much, because mm. if you think, if you're talking about, say, schools, for example... In SimCity, it was like the coverage area was also affected by like the school bus stops or whatever. Actually, it was only, yeah, I guess it was only the school bus stops that like spread out your coverage area through the residential zones. Whereas in this game, it seems like if you stick an elementary school in one corner of the map, people from anywhere <laughs> will get to it eventually. And it's more just like a how fast the people in the zone get educated. So like the buildings nearest should theoretically get educated faster, but eventually everyone might get there. Oh, weird. And then that's balanced out by, like, how fast people are dying. So it's like, if you are if you don't have enough, enough elementary schools, it doesn't necessarily matter how much coverage they have. It's just, like, number of places. That right. almost sounds like a side effect of the simulation style, like the, the people are spending more time, time commuting. Yeah. yeah, in some ways. Except I don't think there are any commuters for schools. I think it's just, like... There might be for the university because you do see people going there, but I don't think for high school or or elementary school. I don't know if there is actually traffic to those. Okay, perhaps they're slightly worried about kids going back to random houses. Yeah, exactly. The old or, or disappearing, disappearing off the side of the map. Yeah. <laughs> Getting in the school bus and vanishing forever. <laughs> There's no not any of that problem. But then, so the coverage mechanic of like how it spreads out the zone, it seems like it's less important for like the actual coverage, like also for things like police and fire stations. You don't have to worry about actually having coverage everywhere it just means that when you're further away it will take longer and for garbage and and the graveyards and purses or whatever you can put them miles away eventually everyone will get covered it just takes longer and is less efficient or whatever okay that's cool so the coverage doesn't matter so much that way but where it does matter is for like upgrading your buildings so basically everything starts off as like shitty low wealth and then the... I hope that's a technical term. <laughs> I'm, I'm living in SLW housing. <laughs> yep. She's low wealth housing. <laughs> so they all start off crap, but then as you educate people and as the land value in the area goes up, the buildings themselves can upgrade to newer versions. And that right. that's sort of a version of density. Because you have low density residential and high density residential separately. But within low and high density residential, there's also these three level, uh, 
five levels of upgrades that actually makes each of the buildings have more capacity within that density. There's like a level five high density building has like 26 families, whereas a level one high density building has like nine or whatever. Mm. So you can use when buildings are covered by more services, that makes them go up the upgrade tree. So you can basically increase density that way. Okay. And, and the, so the same applies for like commercial and industrial as well, obviously. So I guess that that gives you a reason to develop to, later in the game, I suppose. Yeah. To, to to double up effectively your services. Yeah, you can like that. That more or less gives you one of the few reasons to actually build the big services, like the big police station and the big fire station, because it covers such a vast area. Mm. Actually, covering a vast area with one is not very efficient because of traffic problems, and they're all the fire station, all the fire engines are coming out in one place or whatever. So you're better off having like local ones, but the big ones are just good for covering a large area and just leveling up coverage to mm. level up the buildings. Yeah. Put those in later along with your local stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think in, in terms of like comparing it to SimCity, I think it just works better, but it's maybe not as complicated. And also mods, I guess, is important. In well, this yeah, this, this is the big thing about this one, isn't it? It's highly moddable. And so, like, in theory, you could make the, the, the potential for this to become something as complex as SimCity, potentially, in terms of, or just, you know, content-rich. Maybe. It's right it, up there. Depends how well you can make the mechanics work in the game, I guess. Because there's all, one of the first mods that turned up was, like, remove the disappearing traffic, which, you know, obviously that'll fuck you real quick if you're not careful about traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Jam everything up. But it's like, that's probably just a limit of the game that's never going to be able to be solved even if the developers have another go at it i mean there are certain things that are like the way it assigns lanes for cars turning different directions is a bit dodgy by default like um, a lot of the time no one ever uses the fucking middle lane because they're all either turning left or turning right and at some point at some point ahead of them and they all try and assign to the right to the one lane really early Right. Where, like, maybe if they predicted a bit better what their routes were going to be, you might be able to yeah. have it be a bit more logical. So, oh, the middle road looks looks empty and I'm not turning off for a while. I'll go that way. Or, like, I know there's another route one block further down, so maybe I can avoid this jammed up turning and go one block further along. And yeah. Turn uh, but again, that was SimCity's problem as well, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, it's essentially a problem of, like, shortest distance calculation or whatever. Because well, yeah, obviously that's, sim- salesman. that's simple to program, but not as not as very compatible with, like, complicated road no, it's management. A, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, well, that's a, it's an NP, PNP problem, isn't it? It's, like, you know, yeah. computationally hard. Well, yeah, the fastest, the shortest length pathfinding isn't that hard as, as logical pathfinding. <laughs> Yeah, it's one, it's one of those things. It depends how how many of them it's doing, and how complex your city gets, and how much that calculation gets out of control. Like you know, I mean, arguably, I think the main it's sort of a problem of like how much how much emphasis you're going to put on the player. But one of the ways you could solve that is by letting you actually do like lane assignments. Be like, this is the this lane is only for going onto this road, or this lane these two lanes are only for turning left, or whatever. Because if you could assign that, you could actually work. You could actually because when you're making like a six-lane one-way road, like four of those lanes might not be used most of the time because everyone's either in the left-hand lane turning left or the right-hand lane turning right. And there's like there's four lanes in the middle. Some people going the middle route will occasionally use those, but they're not very many. Mm. So if you could like assign the lanes better yourself, you might be able to solve that problem. But then 
that's putting a lot of pressure on the player to actually get in there and do it. Because <laughs> you could easily bollocks yourself up that way if you decide the lay's wrong, and then you're just like, oh, I've made, made my traffic problem much, much worse. Can you fudge it, right, by making the three lanes go to one? Like, so, like, like when, the, when you come out of a three-lane road, for instance, after, after a junction with a left and right turn, you go to a single-lane road and then immediately go back to a three-lane road. So you're funneling the middle lane through this one one lane, like, so for when they go straight. You, know, you, just, you see what I'm getting at? So well, like, so, you can sort of do it in some ways. It's like one of the one of my, like, motorway junctions in this really busy area. I eventually worked out a way to trick it by... <laughs> You can have, you basically have these highway on ramps, which are basically single lane, one way roads, and they're more easy to like raise and lower and have tighter turns or whatever because they need to be for doing highway on ramps. But you can basically exploit that to. I had a junction where it was coming off a free lane motorway, so it's one directional, coming off this free lane into like a T junction, so it had left and right basically. Mm. But the trouble with that is that anyone on the right-hand lane of the motorway, when they were coming in, because most of my traffic was turning left, they were cutting across all three lanes to get into the left lane to do the left-hand turn, and that was just jamming everything up. Right. So eventually I made the, the like overpass off the highway have a split above the road and come, come in on both sides. So anyone who was turning right took the right-hand ramp and ended up on the right-hand lane, and anyone who was turning left took the left-hand ramp and merged into the left-hand lane rather than cutting across the highway. So it was like, basically, you had to come in, merge from both sides <laughs> in order to filter out the people who wanted to turn right. No, weird. <laughs> well, it, it can some of it be, be solved by potentially just having off-ramps for which direction you're travelling. Well, I mean, you always like, have left. I mean, this is the off ramp to turn left, oh. and then like seconds, like like on some motorway junctions in this country, we just have like an off ramp to the left to say, uh, like, oh, you, this is where you want to go if you're going to turn left, and then a few. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that's basically a few hundred yards down the road, you have an off ramp for right. That's right. basically what I had, apart from it was like the actual off ramp was split midway through. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but that's Double like through. that would be easier if you could make people get in lanes sooner, I guess. Yeah, it's like if you said. Anyone who wants to turn left has to be in the left lane before you exit the highway. That would probably help. But then that's probably a problem with... Uh, that's the, the opposite problem to what you were saying about in towns. Like, well, yeah. Three lanes. I mean, the, ma- the main problem is not so much... like, Well, the main problem in this and SimCity, as it always has been, is like traffic lights. Because as soon as you get to more than a, two, a two-way... Well, no, it's to do with like how many lanes there are in the road. So if you're, and if it's one way or not, but then like, so basically one way, one way split lanes are yield based and one way merge lanes are still traffic light based like everything else. Mm. So if you have a one way system, if you have like a one way, one way road that people are going onto, that'll be traffic lighted. So the one way road will get a traffic light. If you've got a one-way road, but there's a junction where it's only going off, that's not traffic-lighted, so people can always get on that smoothly. So then that factors into when you're doing like the highway, which is naturally one way. You don't want to junction that straight onto a road that's going to cause traffic lights, because then the actual highway Stop. ramp part becomes the traffic light as well. Yeah. Whereas if you can merge it onto a one-way loop, it's basically roundabouts <laughs> is what I'm saying. You make highway off ramps that lead onto a roundabout that's like raised above the highway right. and then split off from that to make it go into your actual city and then that's much smoother. 
like actual real, real, real world road building techniques roundabouts. Mm. <laughs> Except not really highway roundabouts as such, because you're also building the roundabouts out of highway tiles, <laughs> which isn't quite how they work in real life. No. <laughs> you can't drive at 100 mile an hour around a roundabout most <laughs> of the time. Try. So yeah, that's basically quite a lot like SimCity, only slightly simplified and generally for that works better overall. Yeah, interesting to see what, what, what the mod scene does. As I, say. I mean, the developers have been concept. suggesting that they, they're not done yet either. Mm. Like they, they want to still add some stuff. They already basically patched in a mod, as you do, when someone comes up with something that you already should have thought of or already did think of and just didn't have time to put in. Mm which was the first one they patched in was basically the one-way street reversal. Not, you used to only be able to lay one-way streets in the direction you wanted them to go, which was a pain, but now you can just right-click on them and flip it. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> so, Andy. thumbs up, is it, for this? Should I play this? What's going you on? Probably could. I mean, oh, the other thing about it, I guess, is which is sort of important, is that it's more based around having things behind unlock walls that are specific. Because in SimCity... Oh, yeah, I saw that. In SimCity, it's like a lot of the stuff you just can't build because you don't have the money. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's like an actual progression based on your population. So it's like you don't start with schools or garbage dumps. You have to build up to a certain level of population and then those unlock. Well, and that's kind of cool because the... it kind of directs what you need yeah, to build. Next. Exactly. So you're not like overwhelmed with like, what, well, what services do I need to provide right now? But that sounds potentially like a mod right there, right? To turn the progression. Well, there is. There's yeah. like the unlock everything mod. Yeah. That's the default with the game. That's not even a mod. Okay. They just call it a mod because it's in the mod menu. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, that's sort. I think that sort of helps as well because it makes it like more of a structured game, I guess. Yeah. That would, I'd appreciate that, I think. Because even when I was starting with Sin City 2000, I was like, oh crap, what do I need? When? I can't remember. Water, yeah. electricity, start with that. Then when do I need school or fire? Like, didn't they, didn't they sort police. of try and encourage that, with, but only when you got to like the, the special buildings? I don't know. Like, well, in SimCity 2000, the choices. In SimCity like, 2000, stuff unlocked by date, like the literal date of the, oh, the sure, year of yeah. the city. So if you started in the early 1900s or whatever, you didn't get trains until like 1920 <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Not strictly the same thing, but. No, but I meant like I think, I think it was was it SimCity three thousand where they started doing this where you could you would get to a certain point and then they would be like oh they want to build a casino here do you want it and like and they would they would sort of have progression yeah in that sort sense. of and I mean the, those the SimCity three thousand stuff was more or less ba- like those were unlocks based on the condition of your city where it's like if you have a certain mm. crime rate then the yeah. casino pops up and says yeah we want to build a casino to fuck up your crime rate even more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever because why not I always got that. And um, this this city skylines also sort of has that as well because there's what they call unique buildings that have special unlock conditions rather than being attached to the population progress. Like all the basic stuff is unlocked to the population, whereas the unique buildings have like have forty percent crime rate for three weeks or whatever. Okay, <laughs> but they they're basically just fancy parks. They don't actually have any other function apart from making the area nicer and attracting a few tourists. Okay. Even if they look like a giant office building, Does tourism actually play much of a role. That's, that feels like an untapped part of 
sim city sims i mean i think it plays possibly less of a part than it did in sim city mm. which was fairly important in some ways like your commercial zones could benefit like it actually made them happier in sim city oh, if you had tourists whereas in this it's just like a bonus like if you get more okay. tourists you just get a little bit of tax income from them okay <laughs> So yeah, that's that. It's pretty good. I played it a fucking lot. <laughs> I built one city, and that how has this impacted your Mass Effect runs? Very badly. <laughs> 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 I might go back shortly. I think I'm reaching a point where I need a break. <laughs> but I built the first city where I was going, going, obviously going up the unlock tree for the first time, where I didn't know what was what was going to unlock in what order, and I didn't really like. I hadn't focus down on the systems well enough to be like, this is how I should build my traffic routes and this is how I should build my bus routes and stuff to, to make them work well. So my first CD was functional but not great. Mm. And now in my second CD, I'm like, okay, now I can do this better. Now I can maybe make the achievement for getting to 100,000 rather than stopping at 80. Because mm. 80,000 is where you basically have completed the unlock tree, but then there's an achievement for 100,000. Sure. So I was like... Well, presumably, this, is there not stuff for like going much bigger than that? Cause no, it's only... Steam achievements only covers up to a hundred okay. hundred thousand, and like unlock nine tiles worth of map, but you don't actually have to build anything in them. <laughs> right, right. Go much bigger than that. Yes, there's, I think there's a convenient mod for unlock all twenty five tiles. Oh, geez. If you convenient. want to build the most ridiculous city, oh, I'm not sure if your computer would be able to handle it at that point. I suspect yeah. nine tiles <laughs> is maybe like a limit for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Just to put that in perspective, one of those tiles is basically the size of a Sim City city. Yeah, more or less. And it's sort of you sort of realise that as soon as you start playing, where you're like, I'm gonna start building, and then you're like, this looks sort of exactly the same size as the Sim City zone in terms of like how many buildings and roads I can fit in. Yeah, and then you realise, oh no, I can, I can, this, this isn't it. There's, yeah. there's a reason for the rest of this area being so big. Yes. And also the land is really cheap, which I think maybe is a bit weird. Yeah. Whereas like you can buy the next tile, it's only like five thousand quid. <laughs> It's like that's half as cheap as a police station. <laughs> I guess I did want you to live, be limited. Also, I haven't really had any problems with money in this game. Like after the first couple of thousand people, the, the like initial setting up and struggle, it's just like I'm always making ludicrous amounts of profit. So I should probably need a hard mode. Yeah, well, I mean there is one. That's another okay. one of those built-in mods. Fair enough. Turn on hard mode. But it's just like I've already got like two million pounds and. My population is like half as big as my other city where I had four million. <laughs> and then I spent like tons of it building that fucking space elevator, which was pointless. Of <laughs> course. The space elevators, the, um, like at the end of that, those special buildings unlocks trees, there's like the uber special buildings that just give you a lot of tourists. Well, right. no, actually, the space elevator gives you a lot of tourists. The other ones have are actually special, like the medical center, which acts as one giant hospital for your entire city. <laughs> But you have to get all the way to 80,000 people before you can get that. So, you know, it's an actual reward, mm. I suppose. City <laughs> Skylines. Yep. It's pretty good. Cool. Fun of approval. <laughs> it genuinely sounds good, I have to say. As I said before, it sounds like the game everyone wanted out of SimCity. In well, many ways. Not, yeah, not entirely. Not quite. If, if, you, if you compare the price of SimCity to the price of this and then take that as a percentage and then basically convert that into what proportion of the game it is, that's probably pretty accurate. It's like this game is probably like <laughs> this game is probably like seventy percent of the game SimCity was trying to be, but oh, it's right, more right, functional okay. overall, so it's okay. 
Okay, sure. <laughs> so it's it's scoped according to its cost. Yeah. But actually achieves what it's scoped. Yeah, I guess that's probably the way to say it. Okay. <laughs> cool. I think we're way over, aren't we? Yep, we <laughs> sure are. It's oh, time for the end I'm of this podcast. Um, yeah, is that the time? Yep, it is. Thanks yeah. for joining us, listeners. Um, more Bloody hell. <laughs> yes, we have run long. More cities <laughs> next time, I expect, among other things. Um, yeah, quite possibly. And probably some more videos to come up. Is that true from you guys? I saw yeah. one coming. We're getting yeah. very close to the end of Final Fantasy. I don't know. I think we've got two videos still to put up of that. But... We do. I've got mm. the first. I've got the one of those ready to encode. Uh, second one, I haven't started processing yet. Uh, I think we're out of. I think we're out of other Steam stuff to put. We're up nearly there. done okay. with Final Fantasy VII. Holy shit! Yeah. So look out for the end of Final Fantasy VII on our YouTube channel. Happy Salad. And uh, probably not before the next podcast. No, no it's probably a month or so away. <laughs> But still, enjoy our relatively new um, theme tune and uh, catch you next time for more Sidecast. Bye.